Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 18th of October 2016. Hi. <laughs> you always start this show so enthusiastically, Jesse. Sorry, I'm I'm super caught up in, look, for all y'all who don't know, my current obsession is the show Westworld, and... It's uh, true. Just, he he I, described so much of it to me over a meal. <laughs> So Do you feel good, like y'all. you don't need to watch it now? No, I still really want to watch it. His, it he, pitch, he pitched it well. I feel like it's hit or miss if Jesse's going to like spoil everything. When yes. He, gets really he did not. He just he gave me lots of little... I explained to her that you know that I'm really into a show. Then rather than just tell you about it, I was like, just go watch it. So that's how you know. So I have someone to actually talk to about it. And uh, it is legit one of my favorite shows right now. And... It, it's got them lost tingles. I got them lost tingles coming back, and holy shit. Oh, no, I just don't say Prepare for inevitable disappointment <laughs> later down <laughs> the line. Uh, you've cursed it now. Lost. Well, it's J.J. Abrams, so of course I'm going to compare it to Lost. Oh, lovely. Great, yes. J.J. Abrams does that stuff. He's known but for consistency. what I will say is that it's super entertaining. It's on HBO, and HBO was like, we're only going to give you five seasons, so tell a story. So there is an ending, so this is... Oh, good, right. I'm very excited. They've but... learned from their mistakes and his mistakes previously. I, I, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. It don't fucking matter. It's that good of a show. This show could end where like two dudes are just jerking off on a horse and this would, I'd be like worth the while, worth the entire trip. <laughs> All right. Worth the trip, worth the trip. It's so good right now. You have no clue. I'm not even joking. Go watch that show. It is amazing. Plus the actors in it are like, how the fuck are you in this show? There's like some amazing actors in this show. That and HBO money. Me. There was and a lot of it. Is in this show. Sure. Like, fuck me. It's, like, it's great. Ed Harris is phenomenal. And you're like, what are you even doing? Just go watch it. Just fucking go watch the show. It's so good. If you don't have HBO, steal that shit. You need <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> we do not endorse that by any stretch of the imagination. You did it for Game of Thrones, internet. Don't pretend. Do it for this too. It's that good. I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. Give me the referral code. Let's go. Sounds good. I just finished Luke Cage. I need something new. I haven't. I I made a mistake. I made like a really bad mistake with Luke Cage, where I watched all of Mr. Robot and then tried to watch Luke Cage, and I I had to walk away from it, and I need to come back to it later because I'm I'm looking for like deets underneath the underneath and it's not there no. they're not there no that those are not the same kind of show at all they're... exactly nope, so i watched this show that made me like constantly overthink and now yeah. i'm watching very straightforward and i'm kind of bored <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna walk away come back to this later yeah maybe not maybe maybe not not a great idea there i was gonna i'm gonna be watching house of lies which is season after season of oversexed horrible people s trying to screw each other over and arguing for money that they absolutely do not deserve it's it's pretty great it's about a, a team of marketing consultants that are all just uh, management consultants in fact that are they don't do anything but they convince you that they absolutely do and that everything they do is so vital to the progression of your business and um oh damn what's What's her name? She was in Veronica Mars. Uh, Kristen Bell uh, is phenomenal in that show. I mean, everybody's a horrible piece of shit in that show, but she's especially horrible in, in the best possible way. So that's a great show. Try that one out. If you want to feel better about yourself, 
That's the way to go. I mean, I always do. Yeah, absolutely. You feel like um, a, a like person of moral integrity by comparison. That's why that's yeah. nice. And you don't mind watching those guys get screwed over because you know they're terrible and they fucking deserve every bit of it. Um, I watched, there's a BBC miniseries. It's a three-parter that's um, Agatha Christie's and then there were none with an amazing cast. And I watched all of that on the plane. And I've been thinking about it ever since because I, I had never read the book. I didn't know the story at all. And at the end, it was such a mind fuck for me. <laughs> so if you're looking for something like... An, Ag- an Agatha Christie got you? If you're looking for an Agatha Christie to watch. An, a- an Agatha Christie. If, with some great people in it. Mwah. Look, shout sure. out to, to Mysteries. Uh, <laughs> to, you know what? Shout out to Mysteries that would only air on PBS because those are my shit. I don't care what anyone says. Those are the jam. Those are- shout out to Mysteries that take place in the 40s where everyone's invited to a fancy dinner party and it turns yeah. out to be murder. Murder. <laughs> let's, give, let's give a little shout out to Inspector Plow. Get him in here. Send all the yeah. people. Get them all in here. Fuck it. Oh my god, yeah. The 40s was an throw. interesting time. Yeah, Attending dinner parties around that period sounded like a very bad idea. The death rate was surprisingly high. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why it was so entertaining. That's why people went. It was very entertaining. There was nothing else to do. It's funny because I feel like um, I feel like people who are in like around middle school or high school now that read books like that are like there this doesn't this literally doesn't make any sense and it barely made sense to our generation too because like this whole idea of well I've been invited you know I'm by post to this lovely dinner and it would be rude of me not to go like that's not a thing <laughs> but like, no yeah, people like, have absolutely no sense of manners and commitment anymore there's Mm-mm. not about that RSVPs are done by Facebook we'd all be dead. well of course we would. That's true. So it's probably for the best. It, it was. It's an evolutionary thing. We evolved to realize that dinner parties are actually dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. Dinner, you know? dinner parties is where you die. We've already weeded you out those that believed that they were not, because they all got shot and killed. Is that why they killed them? They're like idiots. Of course they're dangerous. And then we killed. Is that why? Yes. That. <laughs> Don't worry, this is going to be a show all about historical accuracy because we're going to be talking about Battlefield 1. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Our special guest today is the one and only Nathanius, Twitch streamer and StarCraft 2 caster extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. Hi. This is, this is really cool to be here. Hello, everybody. We've worked together before, of course, on Shoutcraft Kings. Uh, did a great job there. We're working again now at uh, BlizzCon. Yeah. Effort. They finally announced the time for that. Announcement. That's very yeah, exciting. I got to. I'm going to cast WCS for the first time, which is great. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going. That's going to be awesome. And I think they actually just got every StarCraft caster there was because the talent lineup is like there's like twelve of them. Everyone who's like people. still committed to the cause. Yeah, everyone who's still <laughs> into the game is apparently going to be there. I guess that. That's sailing the last boat in. Well, it was announced at a fairly poor time because the talent announcement literally came out hours before Kesper announced that all basically all of its StarCraft teams were shutting down. They were stopping the longest running esports league in history, Pro League. Oh shit. Uh yeah. It's a bit of an apocalypse over there right now. Uh I, I knew a few months ago that was that it was going to happen. Um, I did not know it was going to be quite as many teams. I'd heard like two, not all of them. So it's pretty bad uh, over there right now for StarCraft 2. It, the, everyone has a 
an idea i think a lot of people have the idea that like star you know that's the mecca of starcraft and that it's very popular over there that was true for starcraft one it was never really true for starcraft what? two so now that we have two starcraft two guys here starcraft guys in general uh what is the situation with that game because on on, on the surface it appears that that is a a ship sinking and there are people playing on the on the deck islands yeah yeah it's still it's still around it's though esports wise yeah I mean, the, the whole sort of death of StarCraft as an eSport is a, somewhat overblown because these tournaments are still getting pretty damn good views. Right. A lot of but people have been saying that for, what, the last six years? Years, years. Basically, ever since League overtook it, which was, what, about three, four years ago, people have declared the game dead as an eSport. Bear in mind, like, StarCraft 2 was for... It had a good, like, two years of being the top dog in mm -hmm. eSports. It was really one of the first if not the first major esport that was streamed it came around the same time as justin tv and twitch it came around the time of the the explosion of streaming and it's the game that took full advantage of that now it's been surpassed since then by other games csgo dota hearthstone to some extent yes, um, oh shit. you know <laughs> and things like thought, that who would have effing thought that csgo would still be destroying it, I mean, it's the outside of Overwatch, which is, you know, still getting a fraction of that viewership. It's the only competitive FPS that matters right now. And there's a few good reasons for that, because it had a competitive history, you know, back in CS 1.6. Source didn't really, you know, it had some competitive, but not too much because it wasn't considered all that great. CSGO, even on launch, a lot of people didn't like it. You know, there was a lot of diehards for CS 1.6 that were like, we're never going to switch. And then Valve and the company behind it, Hidden Path, made a bunch of really good changes. And then people were like, oh, actually, okay, this is much better now. Sure, we'll switch. You know, and then also, you know, they populated it with a huge amount of skins and created a massive gambling economy over it, which also attracted quite a few people to the game. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Oh, what was that about? Mm. Yeah, a couple of days ago, UK YouTube uh, just uh, pleaded not guilty to gambling for a separate game, which was actually FIFA, and uh, illegal gambling for that. So there's all sorts of wonderful things going on with that. But the in terms of like StarCraft 2, it just released a major patch. It just released a bunch of content, which is really cool. As it stands, a lot of people play that game weekly for the co-op mode, which... Uh, myself and Jesse, we thought that was going to be the big thing, and we were right. You know, when we went to play it, when we got it's paid phenomenal. to play it, it, you know, back in before the Legacy of the Void came out, we thought this is going to be what gets people playing StarCraft on a regular basis. Because it's not intimidating, it's got a lot of the fun stuff that StarCraft has in it, but it takes away a lot of the stressful stuff. And it lets you play with a friend, and it has real progression in it. Yep. That's where... StarCraft is old school in the sense that it doesn't feel the need to reward you with little trinkets for winning games or just playing games. The reward is getting better. And <laughs> unfortunately, that apparently is out, an outdated way of making games Yeah. at, at yeah. this point. Uh, but the co-op, that's got lots of progression in it. Yeah. Yeah, overall, looking at just StarCraft, like the content that has been coming out, especially in the co-op area, as someone who has all of their commanders max and plays pretty much every day, it's it's a least stressful way 
to play the game. That has been nonstop. If you're someone who doesn't focus too much on the esports side of things, where the the outside opinion will usually leave you feeling pretty depressed because a lot of people do have a very negative opinion on it. Um, although viewership beats the majority of games that aren't those big top three that are it constantly dwarfing does. it. Yep. And there's there's many, many games that get a lot of promotion from Twitch that do not beat StarCraft tournaments in viewership, yep. whereas you do not see that same level of promotion for StarCraft tournaments. But if you're not super hardcore onto that mess, there's just there's basically been a nonstop flow of new stuff coming out that's been very well polished and very good and so a lot of it you can still enjoy without having to purchase any of the things like the new commanders etc so it's it's sort of a weird thing if you like playing the game starcraft has been just getting better and better but on the esports side like you're gonna have to deal with a bunch of people telling you dead game no matter what like it's just a fact of life now if you like starcraft where's my where's my new nova mission that's all i'm saying that's what i'm waiting for my next nova expansion yeah those mission packs have sold well people have enjoyed them yeah I love those things. They're super fun. Those are great. Nova just came, got patched in today as a commander, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can now play Nova in the co-op, which is a completely different way to do it. So she's like a kind of spec ops. She's focused on having elite units and doing a lot of stuff, you know, as a sort of spec ops kind of commander. So she's now available. So that's another style. Fly of around in her Star Fox ship. Yeah. So it's can, perfect. Yep. You can use her ship to blow Directly shit up. Directly stolen from Star Fox. Blizz, there's no, it's this Star Fox ship. Absolutely. There's no difference at all. At all. And I love you for it. (laughs) And I'm totally okay with it. Somebody over there really loves Star Fox. It lets me, every video I make, go, good luck at the beginning of every mission. So I'm okay. I don't give a shit. It's perfect. Yeah, there's a a lot there. It's it's just the esports scene is struggling. Uh, Just in, in the sense of like, a lot of the money is coming from Blizzard directly to keep that scene going. And do you think that um do you think there's any credence when people say that one of the reasons that that people claim that Star Star Fox I was about to say <laughs> Well Star Fox as a de- game is definitely dead Star after the Fox last one there's no doubt about that Starcraft um, is a dead esport Do you think there's anything to it when people say that one of the reasons that everybody is is lauding this game as being dead is because so many of the casters have ditched it I mean, it, the pre- there's no doubt like the presence on YouTube for StarCraft has massively shrunk. Mm. It used to be that there were, you know, there were several very big casters that got a lot of views on YouTube. They're all gone with the exception yeah. of me, basically. Um, yeah. My content, it, it, mine is, my content is the most viewed independent content on StarCraft at the moment. And the only stuff beating that is like uh, the major ESL tournament VODs. You know, and ESL is obviously a major esports organization. So a lot of the independent content creation, the big stuff that probably kept a lot of people uh, interested and also gave them the confidence to go on ladder and play is mm-hmm. gone. Now, Day Nine's gone, Husky's gone, HG Starcraft's gone. Uh, there's there's a few others as well. Force Starcraft betrayed us. Force Force, force SC2 so, strategy yeah. bailed on us and went to Overwatch. All that kind of thing. Shout out, shout out to Force for making a video that's literally like, how to become an Overwatch streamer. Force, I'm going to street fight you, man. I'm going to fight you in the street. <laughs> the video should have been called, how to get in on something early. That's it. That should have mm. been the title. I'm going to fight you, Force. Force, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> you see, uh, yeah, it's, there's that. And I mean, on Twitch as well, outside of tournament content, like player streams numbers have gone down. And the reason for that is a lot of people watched player streams to learn how to be better at ladder. 
So when less people start stopped caring about that, they stopped tuning into those streams altogether. So they'll still watch the tournaments, but they're not. They don't want to learn anymore. They've probably just given up at this point because the game the game is really really hard to learn. And I think if you watch a lot of esports as well, you even set this really high standard for yourself and then say, well, I can never reach that standard, so what's the point in even playing? In reality, of course, you can play that game badly and play around in Bronze League and still have a good time. There's nothing stopping you doing that. But because it's become such an esports-focused title, yeah. I think that people have way too high expectations of their own possible ceilings in terms of how well they can play. But this all seems like a symptom of what, like, what was the cause? Like, what was the, because if you're a person on YouTube, you will stick with something if it can, one, earn you money or two, get you an audience, mm -hmm. right? So clearly one would assume that one of those two things was not flying, maybe both. And that's why people stopped. So like, is this a blizzard? Pro like, where did it start from that caused the ripple of people to just flee? I can't even trust my understanding of that anymore, knowing that Minecraft still gets millions of views <laughs> every day. That's... I will never, ever stand why a game rises and falls ever for the it's, rest of my life. It's, it's hard. It's hard to identify the reason often. Um, I will say that based on numbers, you know, when the big guys bailed, they didn't bail when the game, you know, when their views were tanking. They were still getting great views yeah. on their content, both in terms of streaming. You know, Day Nine's uh, dailies were still getting tons of views, and Husky's casts were still getting tons of views. But uh, you know, Husky is you know well aware, just you know basically dropped his channel without warning and went and did something else. And Day Nine eventually moved out and you know went to do other things. Uh, but the content, it's like in doing that, they also dropped uh, i think the the interest of their audience massively declined in the game yeah and another thing about that is a lot of the big good things for starcraft did all happen basically when legacy of the void came out and since that period we've had probably the most content that's been added like, in any period any one year period for starcraft we so have, yeah. when, when those content creators left it was also during that period where there was very little communication still from blizzard on True. anything in regards yeah. to uh, building an infrastructure for esports outside of Korea, but also just adding game features, you know, the most highly discussed topics at that point in 2012 and 2013 were literally this patch that came out yesterday, people begging for stuff like being able to support the game development through skins or, you know, be able to get announcers and stuff like that to help push the community forward or at least more regular content which has only really been opened up by co-op since the multiplayer, you know, is left untouched for long periods of time, you know, for balance reasons. Yeah, that, that, that's also true as well. The, there are other games that update their multiplayer competitive modes far more frequently. Heroes yep. of the Storm, League of Legends, even Dota 2, which is based on a very old design, still updates its, and actually makes significant changes to the way the game plays and refreshes it more than StarCraft does which is a problem because that's as i think mobile games have proven constant updates is how you keep your game in the conversation it's how you yep. keep people interested it's also how you indicate that your game is very much alive thriving and vibrant and there was a long period of time where that that did not happen and unfortunately now that it is happening the content creator sort of infrastructure 
that would have promoted that and got that message out there and created content around it isn't there anymore yep. because it bailed during the you know during the quieter time for the most part well so, I, I think it's very similar to what we talked about last week with diablo where diablo 3 came out and was was pretty shit and everyone left yes absolutely caring. there were tons of it's... people ready to produce content for diablo 3 and yeah. then they it turned out that actually you know there wasn't that much to produce and now it's fantastic it's a fantastic game and no one's willing to jump on that content bandwagon well yeah i haven't seen a, a <laughs> diablo 3 stream do well on twitch for exactly. over a year now and it's the youtube content wise it, it's not there whereas you compare it to overwatch right now Overwatch is getting updated. It's constantly in the conversation. And as a result, the content creation infrastructure is thriving for it. So it keeps people interested in the game. There is that synergy there now in modern games. Constant content creation. Diablo 3 are really fun now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, in its current state, Diablo 3 is great. It's a, yeah. it's a fun game. But there's no one willing to give it that promotional push like to have it be their game because that time's passed they had their chance and they blew it yeah there are the it's the sort of game du jour when it comes to content creation is shifting faster now than ever and people are always looking for the next big thing because if they can establish themselves as the king of that they can make a shit ton of money and they know it you know yeah. so it's less about game loyalty and more about trying to spot what the next big trend's going to be so, and that generally does not involve revisiting games that have already <laughs> been released, especially ones that are six years old. Yeah. Oh, and StarCraft's in the best state it's ever been gameplay-wise. It's got the most features. It has many different ways to play it. Some of you know, some of which are very casual. I've got to say, they just released an amazing visual mod, the StarCraft mod, which yeah. makes the whole game super cartoony and two D, which is you know really fun. Oh, it's cute. It's, it's adorable. Yeah. Not to mention, you can play like 75% of the game for free in the starter edition. Like, and that's really poorly advertised. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it It is. It really is. Most people don't know about that. With a lot of Blizzard games, um, people don't know that you can play like a decent amount of a game for free. <laughs> they have they have that reputation as being the guys that sold the premium $60 game and then the $40 expansion pack and being the only successful stalwarts that are still doing that. You know, whereas everyone else has looked at free-to-play models. I mean, even, you know, Blizzard has obviously gone and done some free-to-play games now, but uh, it almost seems like it almost seems like the end of an era when they put out their first free-to-play game. Because it's like, dude, you've been selling $60 games with $40 box expansions for the last, what, 20 years, and you've been doing a great job with it. It's crazy. But, and then yeah. they made billies on Hearthstone. They, Look, it all worked out for them. <laughs> they did make a lot on Hearthstone, and... Uh, they're set to make quite a bit more because uh, I, I'm kind of doing we're sort of doing the show in reverse right now because it's kind of like news. But have any you guys read about the heroic brawl for Hearthstone? No. Oh, oh my! People, people are triggered. They are. And Nathanius, <laughs> tell me a little bit about heroic brawl and why people are so upset by this. I oh man, when I, when I was looking into this because someone someone messaged me about this because they're like, oh, you know, Blizzard's adding skins and whatever to StarCraft, and now they're trying to milk Hearthstone. It's like they replace the normal weekly brawl where they just have you do, you know, a new set of crazy rules each week. Which is the best and, part of the game right now, by the way, because yeah, the meta's yeah. boring as fuck in my eyes. I, I, I always found that to be like the biggest thing was to make sure you sign on every week and get your free pack. But this week it's like instead of that, it's a different version of Arena where you build your own deck that you have to take through all of those games. 
it's I think a thousand gold or ten dollars to it's do a run. It's ten bucks to enter. Yeah, and or a thousand gold, which is quite a lot. The the prize for winning for all for the twelve games is like insane. But if you were to, you know considering like the meta and you know the kind of RNG that can happen in that game, if you lose like oh three on your ten dollar entry, you get one pack. You get one pack, a it's ten dollar like pack. Gamble. <laughs> it's yeah. It's getting like Arena already had a something of a bit of a gambling element in it because you could buy your way in with in game currency or real money, like one buck fifty to play, you know? Mm. And but the thing is that even if you went zero three, you still you got a pack out of it, which, you know, for one buck fifty is more expensive than a pack regularly is because packs generally basically a dollar. So it's a bit more expensive, but it wasn't that hard to at least kind of break even. With this what you're looking at is a something where the vast majority of people that throw in on this are not going to come out with a profit by any stretch. But the yeah. reward is massive. I mean, it's like $100 worth of reward. Yeah. Um, I think it's like at least 50 packs, like three golden legendaries and dust and gold on top of that. Yes. It's like yeah. winning big. Like you win big, but... Wait, so you yourself make the... You have to make... You make yeah, the you deck make the and it's just a standard deck. It's yeah. not special rules or anything like that, and you're stuck with that deck for the entire run. All right. To me, just knowing that, not like actually having dug into this, it reeks of everyone just finding the latest meta deck and just That's entering. exactly what it is. Because you have to be as consistent as possible, which means you have to play the top meta deck. Like, Absolutely. It's a, yeah. it's a game based on fun and wild rules and crazy things happening. I say this all the time. Why do they move away from that? That's what it's about. I don't know. Well, this was, it's about being wild. You have a fucking goblins and gnome thing. This is basically saying, don't pay attention to any of the fun stuff we do. Just go online and see what Trump just said and uh, find out what you Incidentally, said. we mean the StarCraft stream of Trump, by the way. <laughs> just just to uh, clear maybe, up any confusion. Maybe. I've seen the billboard. I hear you play some <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, yeah, it, go online, find the latest deck, and then go play. That's not creative at all. Like, oh, no. that's... And that's like all right. That. Yeah, and this comes at the worst possible time because people have been complaining a ton about the meta, you know, and certain decks being massively overpowered. I think it's uh, it's a shaman deck at the moment that is just dominating the ladder, and Blizzard seems very unwilling to fix the problems with it. So this is the wrong time to be announcing this. You know, it, and again, it is it's getting so very close to that idea of actual gambling. Not to mention the fact that the people who are going to do the best at it don't need those rewards they already have them they already have all the cards you know so you're tempting yeah. people that don't but who are clearly not going to be capable of getting enough wins to make it anywhere worthwhile like it's a trap basically the way that it's currently set up and you're yeah. totally right like there's there's going to be no creativity in that at all with ten dollars on the line you think anyone's going to take a risk not at all. creating anything no they're going to pick the top performing deck in the meta right now and pilot it in the optimal way and that's and they're just going to take their chances based on that and the question becomes then where does the creative part come in because no one's doing creative when they're trying to rank up and no one like they're ugh, when it comes to creativity when ranking up it's done through what's called teching which is replacing like one or two cards with say you run into a couple of dudes who are playing a certain thing you're like oh i have a way to counter this so you slightly alter your deck with what's called a tech card and that's what like the top players do and that's sort of how they rotate their decks out that's where the creativity comes in but the thing is you can't do that here because your deck is locked for the entire run so you can't tech you have to so you have to pick the most consistent bland deck you can that performs the best 
not a fan. No, not a fan. no, not not at all. Don't you know? It's the the antithesis of what brawls have been up to this point. And again, it's pushing back. It's like, hey, Hearthstone's competitive, guys. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, I say stop trying, you know, stop trying to make it happen, but it is, it has happened. People do watch the tournaments, no doubt. Community but, wants it, also. I mean, like... some of them do. I wonder how many of them, though. Now, it does. The Hearthstone has millions upon millions of players, and they certainly don't get millions of views on the tournaments. Yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, you still, you can still get good views streaming Hearthstone, but I think a lot of it comes down to not. Uh, not people who are interested in the competitive aspect of it, that it's really fun to watch from the perspective of somebody and sort of share in their pain as they get screwed over. Because I, I think that's I think that's fun to watch. I, I find that compelling viewing. You know, you feel like you're really you're sharing that experience with them in a big way. When yeah. someone drops a fucking Ragnaros and there's seven minions on the board and of course it avoids all of them and hits your face and kills you through rng and that frustration is palpable that emotional aspect is palpable i think that's why it's compelling viewing yeah they mentioned that in one of the replies uh when people were talking about this on the subreddit i think they're like yeah you know you don't have to do this we're not forcing you to do it you can just enjoy it on twitch and see people go through this madness i guess it's kind of like pushing that you know, at least for a streamer, if you're the kind of person that can just do this, you know, people are going to want to watch you fail epically and blow your money or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah, same reason people watch, like, crate unboxings. Like, I want to watch someone spend $500. You know, I get part of the experience of spending $500 without spending $500. Right. That, for some reason, is compelling to them. You know, there's an element of that in there as well. But, I, I mean, I don't like this mode. They are right when they say you don't have to play it. Sure. But it's replacing the brawl for at least a week. That's the thing. And the brawl's fun, and this looks like the antithesis of the brawl. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, if this was in addition to the brawl, I'd be a bit better with it. But no, it's, I, don't, I don't like it at all. I think it's the wrong direction for the game. It's like you said, Jesse, like, they should be emphasizing the fun, creative aspect of the game more and giving people modes that they can do that in. And as it stands, you can't, you know... You really can't outside of the brawls anyway. You know, you can come up with some cool stuff there. Their um their adventure packs have still been doing really well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The um I mean I've gotta say like the last one, half of it was excellent, and then the other half was just not all that inspired. Like the the chess no, event. I'm with you on that. I'm the chess you. event was like that was incredibly creative. Like they they really turned the game into something else there. And then there's a bunch of bosses that were just pushovers and just didn't have interesting mechanics like it was half and half now they're still good i still like the adventures and i play them all but this is why i play that game still yeah do you think that um having it be that every adventure is based off of a raid sometimes constricts them a little too much or do you think that they're just not putting in the effort to make it so that all of it is interesting Uh, i think they're not too constrained by that because league of explorers while it had like reminders of raids and dungeons wasn't strictly a raid uh you know and the the one based on karazhan obviously you know is based on a raid but they've already shown that they can easily go outside of that area and just use Mm -hmm. themes and make stuff up they don't have to use existing bosses i mean fuck most of the stuff in the karazhan uh, adventure isn't a real karazhan boss there is no silverware golem and shit like that you know, there's, <laughs> there are certainly some, but bosses from there, but not by no means all of it's, them. It, it's 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 basically member berries. 
Dodger is is what it is. You're going in there with the idea of just like, oh, remember this part? Oh, remember this part? Yeah, except this time they were like, but there's a party there. So all the characters you know are having a party. Yeah, it's- Disco, definitely without drugs. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, there was lots of- <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then they're all good, I mean, but- Sometimes they just, you know, sometimes the boss designs just don't all that good. You know, there's sometimes you're going to miss, sometimes you're going to create something great. Uh, but half of Karazhan, I say, was not that great, and and then the other half was excellent. Um, and those are great. But, uh, hmm? Next week, two weeks, something like that? Something so wild like that. On. Yeah. I just saw a tweet the other day and was like, get the F out. It's that soon? So I, I could be wrong. I could have imagined this, but I think it's very, very soon. Rad. So that'll mm. be a thing. Yeah. So that's what's going on with the the Blizzard stuff right now that we've been playing. But what else have we been playing this week? And Nathanius, you've been going hard on H one Z one, haven't you lately? I I've, I've finally started to play games that aren't StarCraft in the last couple of months. It's been it's been a very enthralling experience to remember what it's like to actually play video games. Um, this was, I I got a little bit into this because it, it just kind of seemed seemed like the kind of game I like. Uh, it's obviously a very big game on Twitch, and uh, I think it's pretty good. Extremely buggy was the biggest warning I got. I learned that very quickly. I fixed the voice chat in that game by turning it off. That allowed me to actually yell at people, which was. Uh, you know, so it's it's like one of those. It's like half a puzzle game as well, figuring out how to get things working. But uh, I I've been doing that, and I've I've gone through the experience of being one of the maybe twenty people that have Gears Four on PC as well, and that has been half awesome and half horrible because there is nobody that has that game on PC. It is it is unbearably hard to play that in multiplayer. But it it's a shame because. It's uh, I, I found it to be one of the best running games, like hardware performance wise, that I've yeah. touched in a long time. It runs, works very well. Beautiful game, best 80 gigabyte totally download agree. I've ever had to do. If this game was on Steam instead of the Windows 10 Store, there and you required, go. And required the anniversary update, which also bugs out a lot of people's systems. Like this would be one of the biggest smash hits. Like period. absolutely, but... I've had zero problems with this game outside of the fact that there is no one else playing it. It's people... also a great game. I mean, it's yeah. also just a yeah. Win. It's great. It's awesome. People it's don't so want to play. The they don't want to buy shit off the Windows Store. It's that simple. No. But yeah, sorry, Dodger. It was such a huge pain in the ass. I mean, you go into the store and then try to figure out how to log into the Xbox app and then. Yep find a game and then it would make me download the anniversary edition and then once that was downloaded go back in oh but i have to log back into the xbox app yep. okay and then download gears and then have it download for hours it was <laughs> yeah hours. that those stores <laughs> are slow you get used yeah. to the speed of steam it's hell yeah. it's the reason i don't even get stuff off psn anymore because it's so fucking slow it's not you. I yeah. I want to play a game sometime this week. Thank you. It, you know, it's it's slow and it's an eighty gigabyte download. The game oh. is huge. It's huge, but it's but I mean, if it was huge and it didn't wind up being gorgeous, I would have like, yeah. <laughs> but it does. It looks it looks beautiful. It runs really well. Yeah. Um, it's just a pain in the ass to get. 
to like finally be able to play it. I think most people just yep. give up. <laughs> yeah. It, my, my general experience with that game has been queue up for, you know, either team deathmatch or execution. Like execution is like, if you play gears, this is the mode you want to play. This is like the mode you have to finish people off with finisher moves. Like there's more strategy to it. Every single time I've tried to queue up for that mode, it queues for five minutes. And then it says request timed out, please try again. That's all you get. And the other side, I will say, if you're not as much into the verses that I do really like about the PC version compared to trying this on like Xbone is uh, the crossplay is phenomenal for horde mode or the co-op modes. Like I, I, you can play this with people that have Xbox for single player, but also on horde. So if you want to play horde on PC, it, you know, game runs well, really great, super fun mode. I've been enjoying that a lot. I think I've had like 10 hours in horde since the game came out. And you can get matched with Xbox players on that. So the queues are fine for everything other than versus versus anything we have to fight other players. Obviously, like you just dumpster people using controllers with keyboard and mouse. So they have that <laughs> they have that separated for a reason. Yeah, there's, there's no way they could do cross play for that. Uh, and that does cause a population issue. You know, it's the, the reality of it is that the Microsoft store has had a ton of negative PR and a lot of it has been very much deserved. Uh, UWP apps when they first came out were hugely restrictive the store was even worse than it is now it's still terrible it's not on the main distribution platform people have an inherent hostility to that if it was on Steam yes it would be a number one seller there's no doubt about it it would be selling a ton of copies Microsoft is banking on continuing to put big high quality games on its store and saying eventually people will give up their resistance and here's the thing there is historical precedent that says that yes they will because Battlefield 1 just came out and you can, you know, you remember several years ago that people were like, never Origin. We will never buy anything that's on Origin. <laughs> yeah, well, you fucking did. You know, people caved. And to be fair, Origin got a shitload better in the process. And all credit to EA for doing that. They also still have a better refund policy than Steam does. They still have better customer support. It's a much better client now. Uh, but back then it was like, I will never buy anything that comes on Origin. It's like, oh, really? Okay. Uh, what about a little uh, Mass Effect 3, eh? And then people were like, oh, I'm like, what about, what about a little, what about a little Battlefield, eh? And I'm like, oh, uh, what about some Need for Speed? And PC Gamers were like, actually, we don't care about that. Oh, okay, all right, all right, never mind. But that it was enough to eventually overcome that resistance. That's the strategy that they're going to use, no doubt. But it's still worth criticizing the fact the store is shit and their customer service is shit. And they have to resolve those issues. Yeah. Well, the, the, another big thing I think that is different in that regard, though, is that I, pretty much anybody can install Origin or Steam. But if you don't have Windows 10, you have Windows 10. Update, you are not buying. You cannot even buy this game. I can't buy it. I still don't run Windows 10 if, because if you're not I, Windows I had a bad 10, experience with it. Store. So I got rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, interestingly enough... I believe Steam stats recently have shown that adoption rate for Windows 10 has actually gone down over the last few months, not up. Like, it, pe it peaked around 50% of the user base, and it's actually fallen below that because people have gone back to Windows 7 or Windows 8 hmm. because they've had problems. So, and now, of course, Windows 10 is not free. Right. Yep. So now, you know, you know... You know what else just creams my corn? Great question. Is... is what the anniversary update happened and the whole time i was like this is taking forever but i'm so excited for my start button to work <laughs> yeah. yes that was the best part not having to run a separate program just to have a start button that was probably stealing all of your information 
I mean, you know, you've got the you've got the little Cortana Ask Me Anything box where you're supposed to be able to search for programs. I still have to click on that at least four times to get it to open. And I'm like, <laughs> really? That was my biggest complaint with your fucking system and you still didn't properly fix it? I'm done. Why don't you ask politely? <laughs> Why don't you say Cortana? Hook me up, girl. Please. She'll be like, please. Would you All right. please search for Adobe Premiere? And, yeah. Shutting down. I mean, the first thing I did when I went to Windows 10 was uh, buy Start 10 from Stardock, which gave me a start menu back. Yeah, exactly. Same one. Exactly. I shouldn't have to buy an application to give my uh, give me back the basic functionality of Windows. That That's a little silly. And I'll be going back to Windows 10 shortly because my new PC, I think, arrives uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and that's set up with dual boot on it. So I will be nice. going back to Windows 10. But, yeah, of course, you know, the, if you cut off half of your potential... Not only are you cutting off half of your potential PC buying demographic, but you're actually cutting off a lot of the more tech-savvy ones who are saying, we don't want to move up to Windows 10 either because we have privacy concerns or because we know that the updates have broken some shit or because we've seen other people have problems with it. Who are you know? So those guys are probably sticking around with Windows 7 and they're your, the, your more likely guys to buy a game like that, to buy a core game experience like that. So you restrict yourself even more like, more, but... It's it's something that they can they can fix. It is absolutely fixable. They you know, give away a couple of fucking games or something, put more you know port over more shit from Xbox One. Make sure yeah. it's good. The word about Gears Four is starting to get out that it is an amazing PC version, like one it, of the best is, of the year. It is so well polished. I I've been blown away. That like if you have a really good setup, this game can look like insanely gorgeous. You have so many options to customize everything. You have your numbered FOV slider. Like there's there's nothing with this game that has left me unsatisfied outside of not being able to find a match to online. To find matches. Yeah. I do not want to have to play this in, you know, on, on my console with a controller. And not, without, especially seeing God. how good this game looks, especially seeing how good it looks on PC, like to be able to just play a game with someone like with another person, it would be really nice. I'm I don't know. I don't know why there's 50, there's like fifteen Find different me. matchmaking cues you can get into. They have like Find eight me. different modes for every section, and you can't get a game in any of them. Like you, you got to really watch out with that, uh, especially. <laughs> he, he's he's feeling up his controller is what he's doing. You know, <laughs> he's giving it a little tickle, giving it some encouragement. I was I was, I was getting ready, man. I'm almost ready to cave. Oh, oh. Of course you are. Join <laughs> me. People that use controllers for shooters are heretics and amateurs. Here's the thing. It's not <laughs> it's not like an FPS though. Like this It is. Game... You still have to aim aim the ability to aim precisely is still extremely helpful. Look, if I can get through fucking Uncharted 4 and aim and do that shit, I can do this too. That game, that's bad aiming. Holy shit. I, I will say Gears is probably of games that are shooter type, especially the way that you move, literally bouncing off of walls like mm -hmm. you're you know you're playing pinball. Like is probably the most controller conducive game you could get. Oh totally, and, yeah. But I mean I don't I don't think that you know there's going to be any weird compromises there that would ever make me want to use a controller. But no, yeah. I mean, it's still playing. I I tried it with it. It's it's you, you need keyboard and mouse. I like accuracy. I don't. Yeah, like... I like being able to hit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play. There are certain games that I'll absolutely play with a controller. A shooter isn't one of them. Uh, you know, third person or first person. Stongers. Stongers. I have see, a... What happened to your hot pink one? Where's that? Uh, it's first off, it's at home where I proudly play where with you it use all the time. it. Of course. Yeah. 
And then up this one private sits here time. that is totally unused at the office because that's how I roll. No, at home, I, I play with my pink one because that shit is phenomenal. Take it how you will, internet. My orange one's in my office. It says Mojo Maker on it, so of course that's the one I'm going to play with at home. That's my shit. Huh. I love it. I'm like, let's do this. Yeah, well, uh, I, I imagine it'll grow, but you know, at least oh, with at least with Gears Four, you're still you're gonna have a lot of people who still just buy it for the campaign. Yep, and that that's a that's a good thing. Although I imagine that on PC that's going to be restricted because we haven't had access to the last few games. So people are gonna be like, why would I buy number four if the only one we could play on PC was number one, and that was ages ago, and that port was shit anyway. Like, right. I don't feel that comfortable diving into the story, even though I'm told that it's not really a problem. It's a bit weird to dive into a story having not played the previous three games. Yeah, outside of the the Ultimate Edition release on PC, that that was another thing that's weird. Because I guess like I grew up playing Gears mm. on, on console as a kid, so for me it was more like now I can actually play this like the way that I the way that it was intended, the way that yeah. it was intended. Absolutely. Yeah, so. But I, I would also say that it's not like you're really missing out on like the story of Gears is pretty much aliens came down, you've got to kill them. <laughs> Let's fucking go, you know. And and then also plot twist. By the way, spoiler. Yeah, of plot course. Twist. Yeah, there's there a plot are plot twists. Twist don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for people. In Come the, on. No, just like I think it's in the third game. I think <laughs> you have two games to get the plot twist of the games. Like that's how little like overall story there is. It takes three games to get to like. Oh no! But there's really a story here. So. <laughs> phenomenal it's just fun it's a fun stupid game to play yeah. it's great to blow blow stuff up the the graphic and gory explosions are probably the highlight of it you can chainsaw another person in half online of if course. you can find someone to play against yeah and, uh, that's always a fun experience yeah i mean dodger was talking the hell out of horde mode as being like one it's of so good the good uh, ones i'm not really yeah. like a no, fan of generally yeah. horde modes but i've looked at like gears and i'm like hmm like this seems like a really yeah. well designed one it, it's With really like fun. A group of people, if you're all on on voice chat, hanging out playing that game, it's so fun because you start to like strategery so hard because <laughs> you just want to win really bad. There's like multiple classes. There's progression for each class, and it works with all of the there. There's stuff with like getting the cards from boxes and whatnot, and that whole half mess, half interesting uh, setup they have with like their uh, in-game purchases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it does seem like one of the the better co-op modes. Uh, it's actually probably the the outside of Killer Instinct, which I still fucking love and really want to get back into. And the PC version for that has got a hell of a lot better lately. The reason I'm looking forward to getting my new machine and go up to Windows 10 is to actually play Gears 4, because I haven't yeah. played a Gears game in forever, and I did I did like the first one when I first played it on Xbox 360. I thought, you know what, this is uh, yeah, this is it's a Sure, it's it's a cover shooter, but my god, is it a polished one? You know that yeah. has a lot of impact to it. And I did play. I think I think I beat. Yeah, I think I beat the first one on console. Um, but I always thought you know this would just be so much better on PC because I always found the aiming mm -hmm. to be the aiming's not. You don't have to be that precise in Gears single player. You can sort of aim in the vague direction. But I always thought, oh, God, I I'm wrestling with my gun. You know, I really want to you know aim a little bit better than this. Yeah. So, that's why the, their competitive it. scene literally just revolves around using shotguns once you get close to people so. yeah i heard about that actually that it was that's been like the case of the several years i've never i've never been too interested in playing gears like multiplayer competitively i yeah. i'm not you know multiplayer cover-based stuff 
has never really appealed to me all that much. Because it seems to be mostly either someone flanks you and stabs you, or you're sitting behind chest-eye walls popping shots off at each other for ages, and that doesn't seem that entertaining. So, mm. not, not, the yeah, part where we'll you see. get the last guy who's down on the ground, and this game actually literally lets you beat their face in for 30, like, awkward seconds as well. <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's one of the most, that's like my first match I played. It was like, oh yeah, there's only one guy left. And you, you actually just, if you just keep pressing the button, you can just keep punching him until his head explodes for like 15 Jesus. seconds. Everyone's just like, did you really need to do it for that long? And then, yeah. Yes. That's, what, that's, that's what some people Look, play If the for. game lets you, it would be uh, a travesty <laughs> not to use that. You know, a developer spend time on that, real right. time. Yeah, yeah. Someone had to answer the question in that in a board meeting of how many times <laughs> do we let them punch this guy in the face until his head explodes? Five more punches, five less. It's like skipping quest dialogue. Disrespectful. They were exactly. Uh, I've been doing a lot of that in <laughs> Battlefield One. That's been. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I played. Uh, a lot of single player of that. I'll t I'll talk about it after the break. You know, once we're sort of, we're sort of approaching break time at the moment, because I want to really go in on Battlefield One. I played a ton you of the multiplayer. Just, like, <laughs> dive real deep into that well, pool. I haven't upset people enough today after shitting all over Shadow Warrior Two, which is apparently their waifu oh, so for this month. Worse. So Yo, we're gonna right. make it worse. All right, let's talk. Can we before we hit break? Can we talk about Shadow Warrior Two really quick? Um, I mean, we. How long do you want to go on it? Because a few seconds, a few seconds. Oh, because I would like to go on a lot longer than that. Last week, uh, you said that it was very much like uh, Borderlands. And so in some ways, yeah. This week, uh, I sat down with, with Cry to play a bunch of it, and it straight up, like, detracts from what could be a very good game. Yes! Like, you're, See? You're, he fucking agrees with me on this as well. I, I, I fundamentally, like, was, oh, TB's just, yeah, he's just pissy. I'm just being but me. Like, I'm being grumpy me. You know. But I, here's the thing. The story, I was like, I'm in. The dialogue, totally. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous and amazing. And Love silly. it. Cheesy. Love the, it. The enemies are so cool looking. The weapons, I'm like, oh, that's cool. The different swords you can get. The different things. Like, this is all great. Yep. Until it starts dumping it on you. Fuck and you're just yes. like, this is too much. To, like, this is too much. There's And it detracts from what could be, like, a fucking really cool Shadow Warrior sequel. I Here's, here's the thing. I'm with you on this. I... It's heartbreaking that I think that it, it is, it's a good game that's ruined by a shitty mechanic. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. And the thing is, it was utterly unnecessary. Here's the thing. They put 70 guns in the game. 70. And, and I'm not talking like guns with different stats. No, they have entirely different models, entirely different performance. I mean, that, and that's a lot of guns for first-person shooter. Why did you need loot on top of that? And more to the point, why did that loot have to be little stat gems that you get so fucking often and they are all do boring shit? Oh, the minute I hit one that was like plus 32 accuracy, minus 15 to health, I was like, fuck this, fuck this game. I was like, this is Borderlands. This is straight up Borderlands. I can't, I can't do this again. I can't do this again. Yeah, but I mean, I, I even prefer Borderlands to that because I think like, but Borderlands dropped a lot of guns that weren't that great, right? But a gun is a self-contained package of stats that you either pick up or you don't pick up. Now, in this game, that's not true because what you're getting is not the, you know, a gun is like a combination of like 10 or 20 different statistics. What drops in this game is not that, it's one statistic at a time as a gem. And you then have to fiddle with it and put it in an existing weapon. That is dull as fuck. 
Like, you could have taken those 70 weapons, you could have maybe made, I don't know, three or four variants of each that are all significantly different variants of them. And that would be a, that would already be a ton of loot. That would already be a good amount of it. And then throw in the fire modes, you know, which are the only interesting gems, the ones that fundamentally, you know, again, change the way the, the weapon works. Like, there's one that will make the weapon drop as a turret when you use it. There's one that will let you fire all barrels at once. There's a dual-wield one. Take those, make those be the other loot drops as, instead of gems, these weird fucking-ass gems. Why are they gems? Why are you putting gems on your fucking firearm? Make it just a mod that visually changes the weapon. And then you have a pretty damn solid system that's not overly reliant on stats and doesn't drown you in bullshit. Yeah, it's... It's fixable. I, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a game that if you love, like, the Borderlands idea of, like, fiddling with your weapon and making it, like, the perfect thing for you, then you'll love this shit. I oh, just, as a min-maxer? I think yeah, you yeah. will. Uh, but to me, like, that... I have the it's desire not, to do not that. my jam. No, I mean, it's not my jam, but the thing is, I want... I have the desire to play the game optimally, not to mention that I played it on normal for, like, an hour, saw no challenge whatsoever, never died once, and I was like... Okay, the loot shit. I know the loot gets better on hard, and I also want more of a challenge. So I turn it up to hard, and what happens is the loot is still shit. Slightly less shit, but still shit. And now the game is full of packs of enemies that have a bunch of uh, special enemies that are just the fucking same as the regular enemies, but with a bunch of modifiers on and 20 times the health of the regular guy. We we decided to play on hard. We were like, F it, let's try this on hard. And the first level... I tried to jump a cliff, fell off the cliff, landed in a pit. This pit was filled with, like, super ridiculously hard enemies. The problem was is there was a respawn point right near the pit. So, literally, we would die and then just run back in and keep fighting them over and over. So, they weren't challenging. They were just super bullet sponges. Uh, yeah, and d- the fucking pits. Oh, God, there's so many of them. Because, yeah, the, the you can dodge pretty much all damage by just constantly spamming dash in that game. Because yeah. dodge has almost dash has almost no cooldown on it. Just run around, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think they deliberately did this. They said, "All right, we're gonna fuck with you by putting making sure there's bottomless pits near combat arenas. So if you dash too much and you lose track of where you are, you instantly die." It, it, there's so much to love in this damn game, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Yep. That my takeaway was like, "Boy, do I hate the way they did this mechanic." Yep. Like, because the beginning of it's great. Like, the story, you're like, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. This is cheesy as fuck. The lines yes. are ridiculous. It feels like an 80s action movie in that respect. The jokes are lame as shit in the best possible way. The levels look awesome. The, but the they're still- designed terribly. Yeah. They, like, visually, like, everything in this game is, like, so close to coming together perfectly. And there's this little asshole in the middle. It's like, collect gems, motherfucker. Like, it is the worst. I hate it so much. I hate that part so much that, yeah. It, it's not just that as well. Like, we're going to put 500 chests in one level. And you better not avoid them because otherwise you'll run out of fucking ammo. And you'll, bur- you'll burn through it all because these enemies take so long to take down. So you've got to go exploring. I mean, fuck, I entered a room where there were seven chests in the same room because that's what the semi-randomly procedurally generated algorithm spawned. So I'm spending time not shooting things. I'm spending time trying to find these chests that are the exact same color as the fucking wall that aren't highlighted in any way whatsoever and opening them and finding out they contain nothing but shit, 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 shit all the time. Oh, God's sake, they, they drop... 
law, which is just text. Like, okay, you're dropping text. Like, there's periods in this game where you don't do anything. Like, long stretches of the levels where there are no enemies. And you know what would be great while running through that, listening to some audio logs that maybe flesh the world out? Because God knows there's no environmental storytelling in the levels because they're semi-procedurally generated, so how the fucking could be, you know? So why couldn't I listen to a bunch of stuff like that? You know, that, that might keep me a little bit interested. You know, that's that's another minor flaw with it. I mean, I, you literally have a girl in your brain that could tell you the story and shit. Absolutely. And she does from time to time. But it's underuse and under like it, it it's the same concept as the first game except just not what oh oh i hate it because i love it so much but it's i want to love it yes yes it's one of those things where it, it, it the potential is there for it to be so good and it's just i can't i can't stomach playing it i'm like mm. this is not for me yeah, there are Man, some wonderfully, like, aesthetically designed enemies. I was so impressed. I think I went into one of the cyberpunky kind of levels because I, I don't know why. You know, there's only a few tile sets in the game. There's, like, Demon Realm, Forest, and cyberpunky thingy that blinds oh, you with too much neon. Oh, Zilla area that's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool as shit. And that, that cyberpunk area, it had these um, enemies called dolls, like D.O.L.L, which were called, like cyborg things. And they spun around def you know, deflecting bullets with f these metal fans. And it was like, wow, you know, that's that's really nicely animated. Someone spent a lot of time with that. The weapon animations are so good. And so are the audio assets associated with shooting the fucking things. And then you fucking clip the wings of all of that by making the weapons not feel as powerful because you're engaging a bunch of enemies that take far too long to fucking take down. You know what sells everyone on the first game? The moment you go into the dojo or whatever, you're, the temple or the building, or whatever, and you, the guys come out and they fight you, and it's literally a Kill Bill scene where you're cutting off guys' arms. And, like, and they're just like, oh, they're fun. Because your weapons are doing something. Even to the demons, you're hacking them up, and the demons are like, oh, you cut off my arm, and they keep coming for you. And this one, bugs and shit, you'll hit a bug, and the bug it won't even have a mark on it. And then when you get to Half-Life, the top of it comes off. And then at like 25%, like it starts to wobble. It's like, no, 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 this doesn't feel right anymore. Uh. It's the thing is like in Shadow Warrior, the original Shadow Warrior, and also in Doom and you know regular FPS, guns never feel obsolete with the exception of that stupid little fucking pistol that you get for the first five minutes of Doom. But you never have to use that again, so it doesn't matter. They never feel obsolete. And in Shadow Warrior and Doom, the upgrades that you got for them were significant. When you got an upgrade for a gun, it felt like it either fundamentally changed the nature of the gun or really improved its performance. And they, But still, even if you didn't upgrade a gun, it still did tons of damage because the enemies didn't scale in HP. It wasn't stat-based or anything along those lines. There's no reason why Shadow Warrior 2 couldn't have done that. Because, I mean, fuck, it has 70 fucking weapons that are all supposed to be relevant, but you have to keep updating them all the time. It's maintenance, and it's not interesting in any way. If It's the same thing as fucking Diablo 3 on launch. Too many drops, they all suck. How did they change it? Less drops, more varied, better, interesting. It's not a hard concept. It's been demonstrated time and again. Yeah, but this I is... A, I think it was a goof. I think it was a weird decision. I was a very... It was very odd. And I think it's okay to change the direction of your game. You don't have to make the same thing every time. 
But if you are going to make serious mechanical changes, make sure they're good. And in this case, I feel like you've got a, a technical marvel, which runs really, really well on PC. And it's the first game ever to properly use HDR. It's the first game ever to have NVIDIA multi-res shading, which is great technology. Performs beautifully. Gunplay is awesome. And a bunch of other things about it are great. And then it's ruined by those things. You know, poor level design, terrible pacing, too much backtracking, too much sponging. An incredibly boring loot system that you can't ignore drowned in shit it's fun i tried i tried i'll deal with it at the end of the level there's so much loot that you can't ignore it it's it's it attacks you the loot it does at you. It's like, it's, oh, you don't even know what it is because it's so it uses these cryptic names for shit and you can even have gems that do the same thing that have completely different naming schemes like and it, it, it won't be super simple. You remember, you know, when you uh, walked up to a gun in Borderlands, it instantly pops up a stat comparison before you fucking pick it up and shows exactly what it does before without having to go into a menu? Game could have easily done that. Doesn't. You know? Doesn't. And then drowns you in, in all this bollocks. It's all incremental, boring... It, I hate upgrade systems that are incremental upgrades of boring stats. You know? And that's what that's what that loot system is. 95% of it is that. Yep. And if you don't, well, you're going to feel underpowered. You're going to feel like you're playing suboptimally because you are playing suboptimally. So, I'd, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really quite sad about it. it. It has its moments. And as you said, I think, you know, some bad design decisions ruined the other good stuff. Yeah, there's so much good stuff there. And then just some bad choices just killed it. It sucks. It's aggravating for me, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it really bothers me a lot. Because I, you know, I was hoping it would be good. And it's a, it, they're a great studio, those guys. I've liked everything they've made so far. And this is their first stumble in my eyes. That's a real shame. So that's Shadow Warrior 2. People don't apparently like me today for saying that. Hey, I, I, I've said this about every game. If you like it and you're enjoying it, you you go for it. Yeah. I mean, Nothing that I say people, should affect that. There's definitely people that love this type of game. Like, this looter is, shooter. Yeah. yeah. yeah or first-person looter, whichever you prefer. <laughs> I like first-person looter. I think that's a bit more elegant than looter shooter, you know? I think we should use that. Yeah. it's. I mean, there are people who love that stuff, and... God bless them. That's that's cool. I just it's when I the minute I get loot and then has a plus something something point five percent, I'm like I, this is not the game for me. I'm out. Yeah, I can't. I mean, people claim that's uh, that I people claim that I didn't like ARPGs. I'm like, are you fucking for real? How much time did I put into Torchlight Two? How much time did I put into fucking Path of Exile, Diablo Three? I like ARPGs. I hate them, John. I hate them. Obviously, the I don't I like badly them. done ones. What did they ever do to you? Because uh, to me, ARPGs are all about, you know, you kill some awesome monsters and you get some awesome loot at the end of it. And you learn new skills and spells and shit. You know? And you don't really do a lot of that in Shadow Warrior 2 because, you know, it is it is a first-person shooter. And yet the loot that you've got, which could have very easily been good, is not. And that that is enough to kill that genre. Bad loot is enough to kill an ARPG. Especially considering how much of it there is. Because it feels like the whole reward, the whole reason for you continuing through the game 
bearing in mind it doesn't have compelling environmental storytelling and things like that, and the levels are not very well designed, is pointless. So it turns the game into tedious monotony in my eyes. It's it, it's it's a badly done ARPG. I like ARPGs. This is not a good one. And in doing so, it killed what could have been a good first-person shooter, so that stings even more. That's what it is. I think for me, the anger doesn't come from the fact that, like, it's it's bad. It comes from the fact that, like, it could be so effing good that, like, you see it in the distance. You're like, no, come back. And it's gone. Into the West, Mr. Frodo. It's gone. There's nothing you can fucking do about it. And it drives me nuts. That's why I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, no doubt. That's a, it's a shame. Okay, well, after that depressing note, I'm going to take us to a break, and then when we come back, uh, we could talk about something that is equally depressing, Battlefield 1, single player. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, could, we can dive in on that one. That'll be fun. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hmm. Are we ready for some real authentic history? I bet we're ready for some real authentic history. Absolutely. <laughs> history, history class is my favorite teacher. You say that like you're joking. Mm, it's almost like I'm being somewhat sarcastic, isn't it? Mm. All right. Well, the trial for Battlefield 1 came out last week on the EA Access program. So you got to play 10 hours of the multiplayer and a, f a couple of missions from the single player. And those who have the early Enlister or Ultimate Edition or whatever, because they made 5,000 different editions of this because it's EA, of course they did, got access to the full multiplayer today and everyone else is getting it on Friday. And as well as get access to the full campaign. So... Having played a bunch of the multiplayer, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to spend this morning doing a bunch of the campaign then because I already kind of know what I think about the multiplayer. And here's the thing. A lot of reviews really bigged up the campaign as the best yet. People say, oh, this is the best Battlefield campaign yet, which to me doesn't say much because I can't remember the last good one. I think it was Bad Company 1 on the Xbox, You've actually. always had a pretty solid complaint. Yes, that's been, a, that's been a complaint every time. People are like, yeah, the campaign's bollocks. It's like, yeah, it is. Absolutely. And I was like, all right, what, really? Okay, I'm very interested to see what they can do with this. They have a unique theme now, so uh, they could do a lot with that. They could, they don't have to be super realistic or anything like that, but they can, they can do things like, you know, have you die a lot to artillery and bullshit, and they don't have to balance it in the way that the multiplayer is balanced. So they can do all sorts of stuff. And what I really wanted to see from the Battlefield 1 campaign was the progression through the war. Because World War One completely changed the way that, you know, warfare occurred in a huge way. When World War One started, people had no idea how to fight a fucking war with modern equipment because they'd never done it. So a lot of the early battles in World War One were things like a regiment of colorful troops slowly marching across an open plain being murdered by artillery and machine guns. Because the generals were fucking incompetent. Had, you know, that was the old way of doing, you know, of warfare was standing in a line with muskets and shooting. Turns out that doesn't fucking work when artillery and machine guns uh, exist and are really good. And there were all sorts of weird battles and the progress of technology was massive. You know, first war to introduce armor, tanks. First war to introduce planes. First war to have fucking flamethrowers and automatic weapons. 
you know, there's all it's sorts of potential. It's a very, yeah, it's a really interesting time to be setting a game like that. Like, there's a lot of potential there. Yes. Now, what I'm just going <laughs> to remind people, I did not say that you have to be super realistic or anything like that. It's okay, especially in a you know, first-person shooter, to be to be able to take a couple of bullets here and there and things like that and all that kind of thing. Here's the thing, though. I don't know why it is that reviewers and gamers are claiming that it's an immersive and emotional campaign because some of the levels in this are fucking ridiculous. So let me describe to you the immersive emotional nature of Battlefield 1. One of the so-called war stories, and there are five war stories, which are all very, very short little mini campaigns. That's what the single player consists of. Okay. And it starts off with a cutscene. There's a guy in his in his attic in his loft, and he's at his desk. And up comes who I presume is his daughter, asking him to come downstairs. The cake is ready, and so on and so forth. And she asks him, you know, what is he looking at? And he shows her some old photos of him in the Great War. And you're thinking, all right, this is going to be a retelling. You know, he's going to try and convey, you know, the horror and the heroism of the conflict. Like, cool, all right, I'm, I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to see it. In you spawn into the level. And I think, this is a bit weird. I don't have full vision. I'm apparently wearing a visor. Turns out, I'm wearing a giant suit of armor. And in my hands is a heavy machine gun that I am carrying on my own. <laughs> Basically, for all intents and purposes, it might as well be a minigun. Now, I'm thinking to myself, what in the actual fuck... And secondly, I'm thinking to myself, how can I even move in this thing? This entire level is supposed to be me running up a mountain. That this is the app, assuming that it wasn't already absolutely ridiculous that I was wearing a giant suit of steel armor and holding a gun that I could not possibly carry, let alone shoot. I am running up a mountain with it. And I'm the only person in the entire battalion that apparently has this. Which is weird, because apparently it's really fucking effective. Because you're invincible! <laughs> you are fucking invincible! You are taking shot after shot after shot from every kind of gun imaginable, and it's just pinging off your armor, and you are murdering entire regiments of troops. With this, this sounds like a really good Team Fortress 2 mod. Yeah! yeah it's I'm, like... I'm excited. I think this sounds great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it sounds fantastic. Some uh, I I expected at one point for him to say uh, some people think they can outsmart me, maybe. <laughs> can you outsmart bullet? I I, I murdered. Sounds, great. sounds like a fantastic. I game. think two hundred light troops on my own. With you know, bear in mind there were squad mates, but they, they suddenly disappeared at one point. They weren't really mm. helping me. I I am the only guy apparently has this stuff, and I am a superhuman. I am a fucking space marine. I am murdering not only regular troops, but all of the big flamethrower dudes. I killed about 20 of these guys that have the same suit of armor that I do. Is it fun? No, because I'm invincible. Is it immersive? No, because it's ridiculous. And it gets worse because once I reach the top of the mountain, having single-handedly murdered the entire German army, having single-handedly taken out a massive artillery gun... Why they would send supposedly the slowest guy in the unit to do that in a massive suit of steel armor up a mountain, I really don't know. I was the only one that could do it, somehow. Don't know why. Artillery never shot at me, I guess. 
<laughs> and then, just to make it matters worse, I get to the top of the mountain, take out an anti-aircraft emplacement. And then, I suddenly see a fleet of 30 German bombers flying towards me. And during the narration, he's saying, I am the only one who can stop it. He gets on the AA gun, destroys 30 fucking bombers. D bombs are dropping on his head. On his head. Thank God for that armor. That's why the yeah. kid wants to know the story, because it's fucking and amazing. And you know, thank God for that armor thing. That's almost a literal quote from his narration. It's like, of course, I was safe behind my suit of armor. What? And how? I'm sorry, you're trying... Uh, you're trying to get me immersed in an emotional retelling to a child of someone who is a superhuman space marine set in World War One, And it gets worse in the second level because he is describing the horrors. You know, the horrors of the war. <laughs> and I don't believe it because I'm a superhuman motherfucker. Even when he drops, he, uh, apparently he has to take his armor off for the second level for some inexplicable reason, even though it doesn't look damaged at all after he gets, he gets a plane dropped on him and he's still fine because of course he fucking is. And then he's like, oh, well, there's no way I could attack the front because I don't have my armor anymore. I, have you noticed how many people you've killed without it? You're doing pretty fucking well for yourself, mate. You could very easily take this fortress solo. And indeed, that's exactly what you're doing because you don't really have any squad mates in that level. That's why it's a story worth telling. The, the horror <laughs> of war is you. You are the You are horror the horror of war. This guy's BJ Blaskowitz on crack. This is Maybe Wolfenstein. It's like supposed to be like he's embellishing. For There's no kid. indication that it's an unreliable narrator kind of thing. None. Like you the beat it? maybe in the end. The story. I did beat it. He's I a snow globe. You never know. <laughs> I did know. beat it, and if I recall correctly, it just goes downstairs, and that's the end of it. Like it's only a two-mission campaign. Wait, I, what? There's no indication that it's an unreliable narrator situation. Wait, it's two missions? Yeah, the war stories. There's five war stories, and they're a variable length. I think the longest one is five missions, and this one was two missions. Like okay. it just abruptly did you ended. Pick the one called Senile Old Man. Is that the one you chose? No. Like, there was, he wasn't even old. He was like thirty. So like, is this like is this like your young daughter then, or is she like like yeah, she's like, like uh, she's like ten to is twelve this, years old. I would it, say. Is it is it reasonable to suggest that maybe it's her trying to imagine this grand story Absolutely that you're telling not. through a child's imagination? No, there's no indication of that. People? It's played straight the entire time. Okay. So what you're saying is it's the coolest fucking thing that ever exists. <laughs> no, it's boring. I mean, I'm if you want to play that kind of game, you go play Wolfenstein. Because it does that, yeah, which was awesome. So now I want to do this. Yeah, but you won't because you're. It's twenty minutes of running up a mountain while invincible, just gunning down people with a super accurate heavy machine gun that never runs out of ammo. There's no threat at all. It's insane. And they're playing it straight the entire time. There's those little clips of narration coming in from the guy telling the story to his kid, and it's like, how can you possibly think that this is an immersive World War One story of any sort? It's ludicrously stupid. And there's plenty of missions like that. There's the flying campaign, where you're a rookie pilot who inexplicably somehow guns down 50 German aces in five minutes. Everyone starts as a rookie, though. Not yeah. only that, when his plane gets shut down in a cutscene, of course it gets shut down in a cutscene, he m gets into the German trench, murders the entire German army, uses a silenced sniper rifle at one point to do this, which did not exist, I'm fairly sure, he was the only one. one who had it! Oh, of course he did. And it got and lost then in the trenches. carries his injured co-pilot the entire way across no That's man's land. Because you don't leave a man behind! Greatest American game ever. This is the greatest <laughs> game ever made. It's ever. all... I'm sold. 
it's, I'm in. You've sold me, TV. This is the ludicrous. best review I've ever heard. It's ludicrous sounds great, but it's not ludicrous in a good way. Because again, they're playing it straight. The AI is fucking brain dead. Here's another example: the Lawrence of Arabia war story. You get to play as a I can't remember the the name of her tribe. It begins with a B. As a you know, one of the only female fighters in World War One. Uh, that's the yeah, the better win. Uh, she is apparently Solid Snake uh, because she is uh, set with the task of taking out the entire Ottoman army on her own, deliberately oh, with no help. You know, you know how she does it. You know the best way to do it on that level. You you uh, just go up to the enemy base, grab the first tank that you see, and then murder everybody, because apparently nobody has any idea how to kill a tank in the Ottoman army. They stand there shooting at you with semi-automatic rifles doing no damage. <laughs> you know why? Because she's the smartest one there. That's apparently, why she wins. <laughs> That's true. Again, ridiculous. The, there is, you know, the, the starting mission of it, which is the one that everyone's seen in, in the video, where when you die, you get the name of the soldier and then you teleport into another soldier. That is pretty immersive. Is it, like, difficult in any way? No. But it's a, it's certainly immersive. It's an interesting way to display, you know, this is what the war, you know, felt like, you know, and make it kind of work in an FPS scenario. But all the rest of it is linear, simplistic bullshit. You spend several missions in a plane, and all that does is highlight how simple the flying is. It's basically Battlefront. It's Star Wars Battlefront flying. But you go to do it in Never single mind. player. Sounds like shit. Yeah. <laughs> the, there's a tank mission, which is nothing so, like, but that as well. Um, originally when we were talking about this game before anybody had really touched it, I think we had like a really long conversation about how obviously they were going to have to embellish something. Naturally. Yeah. Obviously. If they, if they completely pulled accurately from the sort of guns you would use and the sort of planes you would use, then the pacing would be really bad. It would be tricky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the way that they did the campaign was also trying to ease that or did it just feel like i felt like, like they they tried to create um almost a sort of artificial sense of variety in the campaign because a lot of the complaints up to this point have been you do the same shit you're with a squad the squad's the only one that can open the doors and things like that you know they have thankfully blissfully got rid of that but of course they put a bunch more cutscenes into the game to keep interrupting you anyway so mm. yeah that that kind of uh, deals with that but what you feel like in many of the missions is wow i'm doing basically what i was doing in multiplayer but with way less variety because I'm stuck in a tank for 20 plus minutes, murdering brainless AI that pose no challenge. I mean, hell, the tank mission is literally capturing points the same way as like a multiplayer, capture point A, capture point B. And like the only threat is like, oh, there's field guns over there. Oh, wait, they're highlighted in red. You just shoot them once and they die. You can repair yourself easily. It, it went if, and of course, you know, there are the ludicrous missions, the absolutely like ridiculous ones that are for some reason played straight that don't immerse you into the feeling of war. They immerse you into the feeling of being a lone super soldier, not being with a group of people, not and you know, not engaging with interesting characters that you might start to care about to some degree. I I don't mind silly to some extent. This went way, way, way beyond that. There's a balance. You don't have to go super realistic, but you also don't have to go super ridiculous. You can go for authentic feeling. 
mean, this doesn't feel in any it was, way. It was authentic. like parodying what they were advertising then. Like they just yeah. went over the top with what you thought you might get. Yeah, they've they've talked a lot about like how this supposedly will be respectful in many ways to you know the, those that died in the conflict and would uh, so you know, well, represent them well in some way. I, I you know no not not in not at all. The the whole campaign is based in 1918, so you missed pretty much all the major battles. I mean, I don't think that many of these battles in the game are even real anyway, obviously. So, and you miss the pro you miss the progress of the war. Mm. And you know, I I think a great single player campaign will be starting at the start with the shitty weapons. First, you know, going to the battle where tanks were first used and seeing the panic of. You know, in terms of storytelling, seeing the panic of your troops, trying to adapt to it. It's like, we have no anti-tank weapons. What do we do? Got to get creative. Got to do something about that, you know? But that's not there because all the tech is present throughout the entire campaign. So mm. you don't you don't really get any of the story there, which I think you know, that would have worked a lot better. But the missions are all just simplistic and ridiculous in my eyes. They It feels this could have easily been a Call of Duty campaign. And we wouldn't have noticed. I think it's a it's a really piss poor use of the theme, and it's absurd in terms of how ridiculously overpowered you are as a single person. World War One was not about individual acts of heroism most of the time. It was about squads and battalions, you know, that kind of feeling. And the scale, the sense of scale, is barely there in most missions. Now, it, there are some. Certainly the, the opening one, the sense of scale, is, is amazing. And it's one of the best-looking games ever made. And the multiplayer has a good sense of scale, too. But those most of the single-player missions, I cannot understand why anyone has said that they are emotional, immersive, that they are impactful in any way. I laughed at them. And if I was enjoying myself, I could have forgiven it. But they're all fucking dull and easy. You're, you're walking in a straight line, making no decisions, gunning hundreds of people down that are obviously not in any way as powerful as you are. Yeah. What was the... Um, what, this is, like, kind of off topic. What was the war when um, both sides came together for Christmas? That was World War I. Yeah. 1914, I, I believe. That. Yeah. <laughs> That that would have been a wonderful moment that, to to show an awesome Easter egg, man. Yeah. But that would require you being in a trench situation because that's what that <laughs> no. was about. And then yeah. dealing with trench foot. Look, you need to deal with the real shit. Yeah. The opening cutscene should have been you having to cut off your foot because of like that whole awful disease and mange you got from being there for four months already. And yeah. then you play football. And there it, should it, be a mini game where you just collect socks. Yeah, and some people might be saying, you know, look it. It's not. It wasn't going for an emotional impact. It wasn't going for that kind of approach. It absolutely is. The game opens with minutes and minutes and minutes of narration about how horrific the war was. Every cutscene pushes that. You know, there are very few moments of humor, um, and surprisingly, very few moments of camaraderie, which I think would have really, you know, is a theme of World War One. I. I think you know the, they could really push that. They don't. You know, that's that's really not there. I just don't really know why people have praised it i think it's utter shite mm. you know it it's illogical in in so many fucking ways i mean for god's sake in the tank mission like yeah we're gonna send the infantry in first and then the invincible tank 
Wait, what? Why do you send the fucking tank? Like, then they, then the infantry don't die. The, the, the plane mission has you taking out the anti-aircraft guns in a fighter. Wait, why am I attacking the anti-aircraft guns as an aircraft? What? That's fucking ridiculous. Is it, wouldn't they use something else, literally anything else, like a tank? Or infantry? Or artillery? No, 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 because you're, of course, the ace pilot. You gotta do it. Oh, fucking please. Alright, they... I think if I wanted a campaign about World War One, I, I want to feel kind of like a cog in the machine. And part of something much grander. Much okay. bigger. Where my individual influence didn't turn the tide. Then here's this a is a power fantasy. Hmm. How do you feel about the multiplayer? All right. Well, uh, Jesse, did you get a chance? You've played the Battlefield 1 multiplayer at some point, right? Some of the earlier versions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, I initially started off kind of hating it, but it's definitely grown on me. Um, it's a solid Battlefield multiplayer. Yeah, it's, if you can get down it's with Battlefield. Battlefield, you can get down with this. Like, it's... Yes. There's no difference. Absolutely. Really. There, there are very few differences. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the prevalence of automatic weapons... And there are quite a few of them. There is a lot of them, actually. And some people will say, well, you know, they're super inaccurate. Sometimes they are. And then, but in a lot of the engagement scenarios you're in, that really doesn't necessarily matter all that much. Like, you wouldn't engage at long range with them anyway. The, the real problem I've got is the amount of fucking accurate scoped rifles that the game has. Like, sniper rifles. The scout class is completely contradicts the whole point of playing that game. It's a, super powerful. It's an, it's all, super powerful. This has always been the case with Battlefield. Like, it's a game about taking objectives, and one of the classes is one where you stay as far away from the objectives as possible and yeah. shoot with a sniper rifle. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's always been the problem with the scout. It, I think that this was a wonderful opportunity to change that because, I'm sorry, those hugely, ridiculously accurate scoped rifles were not a thing in World War One. You could have just gone for iron sight, marksman's rifles, bolt action or semi-automatic powerful but trickier to aim and you could use them at kind of medium range and that would have made the scout a bit more useful as it stands the range on these things is pretty crazy like uh, it's fairly ridiculous you can get scopes that zoom in up to eight times and they're very clear they barely wave at all the bullets shoot pretty damn straight it's very very easy to kill people with a sniper rifle in that game yeah and that's that's what kind of uh, hurts it the most, I think, because it's a lot of dying from someone you can't see. It's yep. maybe the hardest battlefield game ever to see somebody in. Spotting has been nerfed so pretty heavily. Shit. There's, There's so damn. much visual busyness. Yes. Holy fuck! Particle effects everywhere. Smoke everywhere. Sandstorms fucking everywhere. And you know a lot of. A lot of brown levels with people in brown uniforms. It can, and, you know, so, yeah. It, you know, you'd think it would work the opposite way, like a guy trying to snipe someone, trying to find a person who's surrounded by smoke and brown, and this is the exact opposite. You can't see where the sniper came from or where they're at until you're already dead. You're like, oh, just, all right. Gives you half a glimpse. Yeah, and like, oh, okay. So that guy was way over there in that, that pile of rubble that no one could sit cool all right they, so i mean like, uh, the rifles just have so much range and of course the levels are so large in conquest that's like okay the smoke over there well i'm just going to shoot a different direction then towards one of the other six fucking points a it fucks up medium range combat more than anything else 
Uh, it, it makes it also makes armored vehicles a hell of a lot harder to kill. Tanks are very, very... Well, at least the heavy tanks and the land ships are very tough in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, you do need a squad to take them down. I've always felt that that argument's a bit spurious because on a public server, getting a squad to fucking do anything together in a way that makes sense is challenging enough. Uh, it, it makes sense to a certain degree, but a lot of people in this game simply because they don't have particularly effective anti-tank weapons, would rather just avoid the tank. There aren't many armored vehicles. Even on a 64-player server, there'll probably be a maximum of two tanks on right. one, one given team. So actually, due to the size of the map, avoiding the tank and going to a different point is often better than trying to kill the tank. A tank will lock a point down pretty much forever, and any sucker that runs in there is going to get killed by either its main guns or one of the six machine guns that it has from all sides and all angles. It's so great when you do that. When you take one out, you're like, yeah, fuck you, asshole. It's so visceral that, <laughs> yeah, it's fun when you do, but it sucks because the entire time you're just getting, like, gunned down and buildings are pointless because the tank's just, like, destroying the they building you're hiding. Them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, there's surprisingly high fire rate on the main guns of those tanks. i got to say, not only that, they're surprisingly quick. And, yeah, they, they don't get stuck on anything, you know, which, you know, would they, that would be a way to sort of, restrict them is to have a lot of areas where they could not traverse or would have difficulty traversing but they those don't exist i mean you're going through walls you're going over almost any obstacle with that thing and of course a big change that was at, you know one of the only big changes because the game is very similar to its predecessors is the addition of the so-called behemoth you know which uh, the halfway through the game the losing side gets either a giant zeppelin an armored train or a dreadnought now these vehicles are obviously extremely hard to kill no doubt but essentially serve as a place where people can sit in a turret and blow people up from half a mile away and they can't really respond to it. So it's yet another way of exploding and going back to the spawning menu when you really didn't do anything wrong. But, but having played enough at this point to... I, I feel like I've realized... But doing that is not beneficial in any way. No, that's the thing. You capture objectives. Exactly. Why would you go in those fucking things? You're not helping your team. It's it's, it's puppy bait. It's puppy bait. Because, yeah. of course, people who just want to pad their kill stats, they're on the losing team. They're like, oh, I'm going to jump. We got the behemoth. I'm going to jump in the gun and murder 20 people. Does that help our team in any way? Because we're already losing on objectives. No, fucking doesn't. No. My KD is so important, you know, man? For those people, yeah. It, it when it pops up at the end, you have to be number one. That's number one on that board. Yeah. Gotta be. If you're on the losing team, at least you can say, I was the best. These guys suck. Yeah, yeah get my team. My team couldn't carry this. You take the objectives for me while I killed everybody. Now, you you think the blowing up a zeppelin wouldn't be that difficult? It takes a lot of punishment. And when it comes to the dreadnoughts and the armored trains, oh my god, Jesus! You need to pound They're those cool fucking looking, things. Though. I mean, they they look cool, yeah, they but cool. gameplay wise, that nonsense. People are talking about the uh, the new mode, which is operations. It's just a set of the same maps strung together, but it doesn't use all the points. That's it. It's like, oh, it's got a little bit of narration with it. Yeah, you know how well that worked with Titanfall? You remember when people uh, were saying, oh, what, you know, the, the, we want a real campaign and this narration, once we've heard it one time, it's fucking irrelevant? That's operations. And they drag the fuck on. You're stuck in there for like over an hour most of the time. And often playing the same point. Playing the same, it's playing the same map, playing the same area. Basically, you, what can happen is you can be pushed back by the other side, or you can hold the line. 
more often than not, you'll hold the line, then you play the same thing again, except this time, the enemy has a Zeppelin to help them, or something. It's like, alright, so it's, I'm playing the same thing I just played, only with more bullshit. Cool. So, my question, having played some of the, the pre-release stuff, uh, as far as the multiplayer goes, totally feel you on all like this shit with like the scout being blown up from places you can't see. A lot of openness. Did they add more in the release version as far as the maps go? Do you have like more of the like the urban type maps where there's a lot of buildings where kind of just sitting out outside of the normal area of combat is like not as effective as it would otherwise be? Or is everything just like so open that it's you think it's like actually a real problem? Uh, I mean, uh, it's, I don't know yet because I only really played the multiplayer in the trial, which I think had like four maps. Okay. Yeah. Um, out of those, there is one urban map and there's, okay. there's one in the open desert and yeah, there's, there's yeah, one I played on the desert one. And yeah. I, I totally feel you like it's just, just a sniper. That's fest. sniper city in many ways. <laughs> yeah. It really is. You know, you, you're battling across open terrain and mm -hmm. there's snipers in the villages just fucking picking you off from god knows you know how far away or if they're sitting on t if they've captured the fortress and they're standing on the wall sniping you from there oh jesus god that's even worse it's good luck getting to grips with them yeah yeah, yeah there's the there's the desert map there's the scar one that everyone's seen a million times there's the one that's like the mountain range but i can't remember what the hell that thing's called yeah um and there's the city one those are the ones that i've played so far but i know there are more i just haven't seen any of the other ones so... Yeah, I haven't seen the rest of them. I, I don't think the map design is bad. You know, it, it, it's it's reasonable. It's just the the scout is a problem, I think. Hmm. It says here that there are nine maps. I Some hmm. of those have to be data mined for, for future things, maybe. Well, I, I mean, know. the game did come out today. so uh, yeah. But no, n nine maps on launch sounds like it's probably right. You know, the trial right. had like four. This having nine, that's about the number a launch Battlefield title generally has. Yeah, it looks like there's a forest one and a village. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like there's a lot of cool... The Suez? Uh, maybe that's the Suez Canal? I don't know. That's one of the map mm. titles. Yeah, but ultimately, what I would say about it is that it just it feels like another Battlefield game. And yeah, the absolutely. theme, the the setting, the era, doesn't feel like it's changed anywhere near enough. You know, there, obviously, there are a lot of automatic weapons. There's no doubt about that. Um... So it ends up in a similar situation where people are either usually just using the MP-18, which is a submachine gun, or they're using a scoped sniper rifle. They're rarely using anything else. Uh, people are complaining about a lack of unlocks and progression. And yeah, they're kind of right. Like the weapon selection, there's a lot of very, very similar guns. And obviously there's not a lot of things you can add on to them because it's World War I. They didn't have a bunch of shit like lasers and underslung grenade launchers and shit like that. Um, there are some kind of cool gadgets, you know, I do like the idea that you could put a fake head up on a stick and that's a decoy for your sniper. That's pretty cool. Uh, but it's it... cracking me up because, sorry, I can't contribute very much to this conversation because I haven't played the game. Also, my audio is terrible, so it's probably for the best, but I do love reading the responses when you guys are talking about scouts because so many people are saying, but like... Isn't it a good, isn't it like, shouldn't a scout be unseeable? Like if they're being a good scout or like in the actual wars, like you probably wouldn't have been able to see the scout. And once again, guys, the way the games are designed is not, 
probably should not be directly based off of no. the way the shit actually Balance happens. is king. <laughs> you need the, balance. <laughs> that's the shit you could have done in the single player, but they didn't. And the multiplayer, of course, you know, is about the balance. Uh, in, unfortunately, in doing that, it, it does feel extremely similar to previous games. And just like Hardline, it's just a case of, like, I feel like the theme is mostly superficial, and it doesn't in any way take advantage of the setting. What I would have loved to see is a mode, again, where you are progressing through the war. You start off with shitty weapons. You you start to introduce new stuff as you go through. That would be a re uh, that's how operations to me should have been done. That would be amazing. You know, you start off at the start of the war and the technology progresses as you go through. Yeah. That you know, maybe that could be the objective: sense. capturing it, capturing technology, all that kind of thing. There's, a, a, I I think that a focus on progression and customization kind of hurt it because you're using guns that these people never had. You're using guns that these armies never used. You know, I mean, for fuck's sake, you're starting machine gun as a German one, which you use on all, all factions. And you get this whole feeling of, like, you as an individual matter more than the team. You know, give people standard issue equipment and then have the sort of team upgrade through the match, I think would be a great way to do it. There'd be much more consistency. Balance would be less of a problem. And then... You know, move just move away from this whole progression idea of unlocking shit for your soldier. Uh, that made more sense when you're dealing with private military companies and modern militaries. It certainly doesn't make sense in fucking World War One, where standard issue yeah. was king. Uh, I, there's, I just there's a lack of innovation in it. But I will say that that doesn't make it bad multiplayer wise. It's good. Yeah, you know, it's a good multiplayer. I'm just. It's it's fun, it just feels lazy. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I played this before, because I have played this before, and I was hoping that setting it in World War One, which is a setting that's almost never used, would make it feel like I haven't played this before. Yeah, that, that was the most disappointing thing looking into it. I, I completely agree with you, especially like a lot of it comes off like the campaign front, but like there's no playing off of like some sort of slow push, like even like a game mode where they only have like a couple maps for like where it's like you're really pushing over like that sort of like dead man zone where you have to really think about how you want to work through to get around or have even realize symmetry to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like really forced, like as you were talking about earlier, like, like the squad based thing, but like the multiplayer, like for me, it played like any other game just with like everything skinned to be really old. And mm -hmm. uh, at least what I was looking for out of the campaign, which you've kind of given me the impression is not going to be there would have been like, Oh, duh, I wouldn't touch where you're campaign. doing, where you're doing something like that, where there's some yeah. sort of, you know, some big offensive going, or there's something, you know, related to something that has historical significance, but outside of just being the end of the war and just just shooting things up as usual. Mm, yeah, it's it it does it just feels the same as a regular battlefield game, honestly. Yep. It we we said a few weeks ago that this was probably gonna feel like World War Two in a World War One suit. And it does. It it very much does. And some people are going to be entirely okay with that, and I'm still going to keep playing it, at least for a little while, until COD and Titanfall come out. But I'm less likely to keep playing it because I feel like I've seen it all before. As I, I, look, I played this three years in a row now. Dice, you have not innovated in the slightest. You've tweaked the formula, taken a potentially great setting, and made it samey and generic when you could have gone really wild with it, and you didn't. At least not in the multiplayer. Mm. It, it's good. It looks beautiful. It plays relatively well. 
And if people want more Battlefield, they're going to be totally happy with it. It's not a bad game. But I just want to see something different from that series now. Because you've done the same game over and over again. And I'm starting to get a bit fucking tired of it. Really? Yeah, you get that impression? <laughs> I thought that this whole conversation was pretty positive. Mm. I'm still excited for that single player game. That sounds like fucking the tits. No, you... <laughs> You're a tank yeah. man. I just want to play that one mission that you were talking about, where I can just You're walk Iron up Man. Just, yeah, up yeah, Iron yeah, man. I am just, Iron just, Man. Yeah, just fuck you to all the you know bad guys. Easy. I'm in. I'm in. Just that mission is really all I need to play. Yeah, and hey, the the people keep bashing COD. You are fucking idiots. And here's the reason I'm going to say <laughs> that. It's because you do. Why the fuck are you letting Battlefield get away with making the same game for four years straight? And yet when COD made fairly massive mechanical changes to its formula that actually resulted in a, quite a lot of its diehard fans complaining that they changed too much about it and has innovated multiple times in its single player campaign. I mean, for fuck's sake, Black Ops 2 had RTS segments in it. Black Ops 3 had fucking cyber ninja powers. And was based around four-player co-op and could be played in any order and had this weird fucking meta-narrative to it. It was more like Deus Ex than it was Call of Fucking Duty. And Advanced Warfare was based on, you know, high mobility. Those are campaigns that have changed a pretty significant amount. And they have reworked a fuckload about that game. The latest one has a damn crafting system in it. Yep. Which allows you to make loot with different attributes and stuff like that. Which, again, is completely different for the series. I don't know why Battlefield keeps getting away with making the same fucking game and then everyone rags on Call of Duty despite the fact that it keeps changing shit in a pretty damn significant fashion. And I think all of these complaints come from people that don't play COD. That they, they only, they see a trailer and say, ah, same shit. No, if you actually play the fucking game, you will notice there are bloody significant differences and not just tweaks, complete reworks, complete new mechanics in there. Not to mention that it's foregone now its reliance on existing lore and existing weapons and stuff in the world. So it can be more creative with its weapon loadouts, which is great. Space. I want to fight in space. That's all I want. I'm yeah, super excited. Easy. You fight space robot monsters and shit. I want that so badly. That sounds great. Hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, it's, if you were talking about Call of Duty several years ago, I'd completely agree with you. But since they went on a three-studio rotation, it's not true that every Call of Duty is the same at all. Not even fucking close. That's bullshit. And I'm going to say this, you know, the last few COD campaigns piss all over Battlefield 1 single player in a big I was about way. To say, I can't wait since, you know, everybody was feeling really, really cool and went to downvote. It's not the right word. But yeah, just thumbs down, bandwagoning, <laughs> bandwagoning nonsense is what that is. I can't wait for that game to turn out to be like fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Yeah, I, I am more, I'm far more interested in playing that. To be honest, like the, the multiplayer shoot I'm most interested in playing this month is Titanfall Two, not COD or Battlefield One, but I'm yeah. more, you know, I'm more interested in playing certainly COD single player. And also, you know, checking out its multiplayer and checking out what it's changed. Because it will have. It'll have changed quite a bit. So, fuck that. And fuck that meme. It's bullshit. It's inaccurate. Yeah. It's it's a lie. It's a straight-up lie, is what it is. Uh, it's not 
cool to bash on something for something that isn't true. There's plenty of games that do a lot of things wrong that you could go and bash on that are actually accurate. Go do that. That's absolutely true. Hmm. Okay. Shall we take a break? Sure. sure. Sounds good. When we come back, right. we'll be looking at some news and releases and all that other stuff. You're watching the Corruptional Rantcast, I think, today. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just pissed off. What can I say? We'll be right back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Uh, should we move on to something a little bit less negative? That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Great. Before I have people showing up my door with torches and pitchforks. Now, I I know both Nathanius and Jesse, you uh, went pretty hard on that um, new Overwatch game mode where it actually uh, created a PvE thing uh, you know, in, as part awesome. of their Halloween event. That's good. I'd like to know oh, about the, that. The Dr. Junkenstein thing? Yes, Dr. Junkenstein. Yeah. It's so fun. Talk to me about it. I have yet to have a chance to play it. Um, well, basically, there's there's easy, medium, and hard, and it's um, horde waves. So you go into it, you can either be, um, well, in the team, there, there are four people. Yeah. There's McCree, Hanzo, Anna, and... Soldier. Soldier, Soldier, that's right. So you have to have a team of four, and you have to all pick one of those four. And uh, and the whole idea is that I think in the comic it's Reinhardt who's telling a, a ghost story, and so Reinhardt's telling is it, the story. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Hmm. Yeah, and so it's Reinhardt telling this ghost story about Doctor Junkenstein, who, um, you know, was a mad scientist that created all of these robots. And so at the beginning, it's it's like waves of of little robots that you can take out easily, and there are more and more robots, and then um suddenly you know like the the headless horseman reaper shows up and um and you get dr junkenstein's monster who is roadhog and um it winds up just being like like a, a cute silly little halloween story that you have to play through and you're just trying to like survive basically i haven't been able with with the teams that i've had i haven't been able to beat medium yet sam's gotten to hard but hasn't been able to beat hard so it's really fun though yeah it it's really good it's a it's an awesome challenge i think i've uh, i think i've like cleared hard twice and you have to like really coordinate super well like i did it with yeah. three other people that all play like like we're like 3k plus mmr and it's it's very it's a very good challenge so you have to sort everything out but i just i love that there's some sort of feeling of like you get kind of like that jovial holiday part of mm -hmm. what I think a lot of people that went from Team Fortress Two to Overwatch. That's one thing you're, you're you know you're, you expect to be missing out on because like, if there's one thing like from TF that was always so awesome, like holiday events were always some of the coolest holiday. thing. You know, all the maps got re you would be reskinned. You'd yeah. have you know you'd have like the giant headless horseman run around decapitate players. And frankly, this isn't that, but it's a very cool thing that they are doing. And the fact that they're looking in this direction is really nice. I think mm, with yeah. this, they also reskinned Hollywood to be Halloween themed, if I recall oh, did they? correctly. I haven't seen that. But I haven't. I don't think they did like uh, all of the maps or something of that sort. But uh, I, I found it really fun. It's definitely a challenge, and I think the skins that they added for the characters that are also used here, great advertising for themselves with this mode, mm -hmm. but also it's very tasteful and fits with the the thematic. You know, it's October. I was yeah, I was really surprised how many characters got a Halloween skin. 
Like pretty much every character got a Halloween something. There are Halloween sprays. Yeah. It's been a lot better in the summer games where the skins yeah, frankly you... weren't that good and there Yo, weren't that many of yes. them. You can buy them with coins now. Thank fuck so for that. Yeah. They're yeah. pricey. They're 3000 but yep. at least you can get them in a reliable way. Some of them way. are cheaper. Some of them are in the 750 range. Yeah, the epic ones, like I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still, still a lot more than the epics usually are, but yeah. Yeah. So... I, I think that that mode is super fun. I think they're definitely learning how to do these these fun seasonal things in a way that makes more sense, you know? Yep. Do you um, think, like, this is a good basis for a potential permanent kind of co-op horde mode-esque thing? Um, they seem to have a good know. idea of how to do PvE progression type stuff, at least from the other games, but this uh, moving this into something more, I don't know. I think that the way that this one specifically is set up, it's perfect for like a season game, like a brawl. Yeah, it would get boring after a while. It would. Yeah. Well, it does seem fairly basic. Four characters that you can play, um, and I think that if it was something like that as a as a permanent fixture, it wouldn't work. But it's great as a brawl, and I think that they can use it as a as a basis, like a framework to be able to do other horde mode stuff in the future and try different things. Um, I mean, we were talking earlier about the the gears horde mode and the way that there's a progression system <laughs> tied to that that is separate from the competitive progression system. Now, yeah. of course, you know, some people, for you know, for some reason, require progression in order to have any motivation to play a multiplayer game. The progression in Overwatch is often described as one of its weaker points because it's stuck to purely cosmetic stuff that's very random, and you know, sometimes you just end up getting absolute junk could you you know you could you surely use this as a basis to create a pve progression system for for characters and you know augment and change skills around you know if blizzard is so tied to this idea of not letting you change how a character plays in competitive maybe this is a place where they could they could get you know, people could get that from the game while not affecting the competitive mode right i don't see them ever doing that man it feels like it feels like a lot. I mean, the thing I I take I take out of this the most is, and I really hope that this is the direction they keep going in. Is just since it's such a team focused game, and it's one of those games that it's very easy, you know, as far as you get a lot of your friends to play with you versus any other, you know, like three or four or whatever type time uh, seat size teamed games. Uh, is just like okay, well now you now it kind of gets you in the Halloween Halloween spirit. You have a bunch of your friends, you're all playing, you kind of have like that vibe going. It kind of you know, re-cements what's going on. And I think that that's something that you, if you can deliver that for a lot of different things is something that helps make people want to play the game together because it also shares in something that kind of fits the, the time of the year that it might be, you know, like if there's a Christmas event or a Valentine's Day event or something like that, where it just kind of reminds people and brings people together over something that isn't just the game. I think people would love to have consistent pve stuff seasonal or not that helps flesh out stories and characters yeah, and yeah you like could that. totally do that yeah. so they want that information so badly and i know that they're trying to do the like transmedia sort of approach where it's you know we'll read the comics and watch our animated shorts and things like that but obviously like there is potential for pve stuff um and i i think that that would be a good way to to integrate it so that it's not season-based I would like to see them go a little bit battleborn with some sort of PVE mode and, you know, maybe have some sort of loot for your co-op character and, you know, 
there is while you might think they might not do that that's essentially what they did with starcraft 2 legacy of the void that's what the right. co-op mode is right. they added a form of progression to a game that didn't really have one but they did it in a mode that didn't they didn't in a way that didn't affect the competitive and it ended up being super popular and it just seems to me like overwatch could do the same thing if there's a if there's an interest from people in playing that or that they are put off by a lack of progression No, I, I feel like if if they were going to have any sort of a system that was loadouts, they wouldn't have you be able to swap characters then. I, I don't know. What, in, the, in, the, in the co-op mode or? No, or if, 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 if they had some sort of a, a mode where you could have a loadout and you could swap around your abilities and things mm -hmm. like that, I don't think that they would then. I don't think they'd ever do that. But I think that they would, if they made a single player, or not single player, but like a, a team-based story mode, that you could unlock a weapon skin, things like that, that already exists in the game, or a skin right. for your character, that's fine. I think what this really showed, this, this seasonal event really showed, is that underneath all of the like bitching and moaning that people do when they play this game, and they're like, God, my team's so fucking dumb. Underneath all that is a tremendous desire to play with three other people, four or five other people, whatever, and do it in a way that isn't a stressful shit show where you're getting yeah. like destroyed, where it's you come together as a team. And I've played this event without anyone else, without any friends being there, just with randos. And it's still a blast. It's still super fun. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, this is what that game is. It, it, at its core, people want to just play a game like this and, and have fun and not be too stressed about scores and how good you're doing. And I think, I think if they keep on this path, they got it. Overwatch yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it helps a lot not to have that, that big thing at the end of the game where it's like, well, doesn't matter really what we do here. Like, your mood at the end is probably going to be determined whether you go up or down in rank and, you know, how bad your teammate did or whatever, how good the other team was. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's that then. So what's the Sombra shit that's happening right now? Oh, that's a good really? question. Yeah. It's uh, the, the biggest okay. clusterfuck ever. <laughs> okay, so the internet's losing their shit currently oh at the moment. My God. Uh, Sombra's website, the one, uh, A Moment in Crime. Oh, it tipped yep. all the way down. It finally hit 100%, and at 100%, there was something about Bastion. Uh, apparently, she's going to hack Bastion, and it might be our Bastion. So I'm going to propose a theory now. Sombra is, in fact, Ganymede the bird. <laughs> that would be amazing. Sure. Put it out there. Put it out there, guys. Sombra is the bird. Y'all, y'all. I've seen the Reddit post. Sombra is the new fourth race in StarCraft. People, yeah. people have lost it. It's over. There's, and then, of I course, a post was made, and there's more like numbers and weird shit. But basically, oh, cur actually, I stand corrected. Go to um, Discord right now. The, dis the Discord... Twitter. Go there right now. Just go look. Take a moment. It's been hacked by Sombra. <laughs> nice. Um, what I really want, we were we were kind of talking about this during soundcheck, but what I really want is for that picture that got leaked of Sombra to just be part of all of it, and it's not what she looks like at all. <laughs> I don't... So good. I, I'm very curious what... where her backstory would come in, right? Because everyone else has at least been somewhat in 
images and things that have existed in the past. And I don't know where this character would come in. Mm. I know a lot of people, their theory was like, it's the little girl from the Soldier 76 thing. I don't buy that for a minute. Um, <laughs> like there's uh, People are saying that she's in one of the pictures, but I don't know that I buy that. Uh, I'm happy with it just being a new character that, like, spoiler, go back, watch some of those old trailers and shit. There's characters we ain't seen. There's a dude with, like, toxic gun and, like, a body, like, a full body chemical suit on. Where's that guy? There's plenty oh, the, of the, they have. Original first animated short that yeah. has like yeah. 30 There's pictures of, of characters we've never seen. They just yeah. have the walls. Oh my God. The walls yeah. of Blitz SQ. If those walls could talk, there's shit on there. You're like, oh, oh. So it's. I, mean, I think that they're able to say the reason you haven't seen her before is because she didn't want you to see her. Oh, shit. Dude, that's what I've been hearing. It's like it's an excuse for everything. It's like, oh, yeah, well, she's Hacker Man. Like, if you would have known about her, she would have erased it from your mind. Like, oh, I can't. Why did the website, why is she not here? Like, well, like, well the protocol was to capture her, but, you know, she just dodged it because she's Sombra, right? She would erase it. But that's <laughs> only a theory. Can someone just clip that line? She would have erased your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i mean you can people obviously give a fuck about the characters in this game because they're continuing to follow this fucking arg for god knows how long i wonder if they're getting sick of it by now they're so sick of it now yeah it's been months it has yeah like okay we're good we're done can you just just give me a fucking character it is it is it is like they started an ARG, forgot they had an ARG going. <laughs> <laughs> we corrupted it real quick. Like nothing happened. It was a non thing. Yeah, not not a brilliant way to do it. Keeping people on the hook a little too long on that one. Yeah. I think it's probably getting announced at BlizzCon, isn't it? Or released, maybe. I would assume that's what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. It's Unless be, they right? do one of those terrible things where they're like hey, we're going to release a week before BlizzCon like they always do. And you're like, what are you doing? Why, Why am I even going that? to your fucking event? What am I doing there? <laughs> it's weird because with the ARG, it doesn't even feel like a proper ARG to me. Because like... Because it's, not. it's not. It's a, There's no end. Nothing. Well, nothing leads into anything else. Right. right? It, it's just you're just being fed like a puzzle. And then well, same thing with this Discord puzzle. thing. This Discord thing isn't a real ARG. It's they made a deal with the Discord people to be like, someone's going to hack your shit. And that'll get people interested. That's not how an ARG works. It's like a really yeah. bad example of an ARG. It's cute, but it's not like, it's nothing that's going to drag people into like the mystery. Like, mm -hmm. oh shit, who is this? Nobody cares about the backstory. They just want the new character already. Like people are yeah. ready for a new character. Like, I don't give a fuck. Just give me the new character. Yep. And they haven't even given like throughout all of this, there's been nothing other than like the hacker man thing. Like there's been no hints about what are any, maybe something in her kit could be like maybe teased at the end of the puzzle. Like you, you don't get anything. You are just left with more questions than you had when you started. And you do not know anything more about this person that you didn't know at the start when they said, she's a hacker, go do this ARG. Perfect yeah. example is when they released uh, Roadhog and Junkrat on their Twitter account, they just like, First day was like wanted posters. The second day was like these weapons were used to break into this place. And then yes. you actually saw what was like, oh shit, look at these characters. This is like, they don't know nothing because it got hacked out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> 
Where's your mind, man? The security cam footage is gone. We know she speaks the Spanish, and we know that she likes computers. Great. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, If they were really ballsy, that would be it. If they were ballsy, Blizz, I'm putting you on the spot. If you were ballsy, this character would only speak Spanish and only use computers. (laughs) Has no actual guns. That's it. When you pick her, stays in the base and just you you yeah. have no code in order to play it. Yeah, it's, it's like your avatar. When I try to think of what her kick could be, I don't, I can't like. They're just like she's a hacker, and I'm like, great. Literally fucking anything, then anything. On the battlefield, she just she just sits and spawn and slaps the keyboard. You can turn people's guns off and shit, and I that's feel it. Like she might be defensive somehow but i just i don't know i don't i don't know <laughs> nobody knows nobody has the any idea could, the assumption that i have just looking at the stuff they had uh, today was that it says that she was hacking bastion so maybe she has an ability that shuts down one of your skills or something i don't know yeah that's it's possible an emp or some shit I don't yeah know. like she hacked your abilities yeah you can't use your e now that's oh, what no. you get for relying on technology that's <laughs> That's what you get, McCree. You can't roll now because I hacked your knees. Because <laughs> he's a part robot. Because he's Ugh. fucking part robot. Everyone's part robot. Part robot. <laughs> that's oh, it's Think about that shit. Think... <laughs> I hope that's the only thing she ever says. Every time she uses the ability. <laughs> oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Yes, so Wait, we've learned John, nothing. Say hack in Spanish. Uh, At the end of the day, we still El Haco, absolutely El nothing El about El this. Hack. Yes. El hack, El hack, El hack, <laughs> El hack. God, no, it'd be La Haka, because the feminine. La Haka. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh dear. I took Spanish. Thank you very much. Say it's not French. Oh god. All right, cool. That's that then. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, the b- biggest non piece of news ever on that one. True. We'll, we'll hopefully learn something eventually. There's the rumor, of course, circulating about Diablo 4 being announced at BlizzCon. Shot down. Yeah, uh, yeah it's been shot down. Yeah. Uh, there was what? a tweet. Yeah. One of the guys basically said that he was on the Blizz campus and then posted a very weird cryptic image of like star signs and shit. I don't fucking know of like a constellation. People were like, what the fuck does that mean? And so everyone, lost no. online. everyone online is trying to figure this out. And they were, they were lacking their way through the things. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was Diablo four. It's actually just more somber shit. Yeah, <laughs> more somber everyone shit. was convinced that it was, I was more curious if he was going to go work for the new, like where all the blizz devs left and went to, uh, the new studio, if you that was oh, like, yeah. they're gonna make a Diablo style game, but he basically said, No Diablo 4, I'm not working on that shit. So, there could be a Diablo 4 still, there could also be yeah. a Diablo 3 expansion, there could be there a lot of things, anything. but I wouldn't expect any announcements like that at BlizzCon. I'm still under the assumption this is gonna be a real low key it's gonna be the the off the off blizzcon you know where yeah. it, usually every two years the, there's a main blizzcon that's like we're gonna announce a new fucking video game holy shit and then the other one's like oh, we got some patches coming it's a real good patches yeah this is gonna be the year where they're like we got like four special starcraft maps you can play 
and go to an arena mode. And yeah, this is going to be one of those years where sadly, this is when we need medicine because we need to be told what a geek is for 25 minutes because we no. got to pad out time. We got to pad out time. So He's go out. He's gone now. I don't know what the hell it's going to be like. This this con may be the weirdest. <laughs> uh, look, Morhunt, cool guy. I don't know how you're going to hype a crowd, dude. Good luck. It's going to be way less single yeah. tier going on. Yeah, good luck. No one will shout for the horde at us. What We won't know how to sh- do to shout at. <laughs> no one's there to lead us. We'll be like an aimless crowd of zombies walking around the aisles. Just like, <laughs> I guess there's new games. I don't know. What, It'll be horrifying. Yeah, like, what do we do? Are we friends now? What is happening? Just go watch StarCraft. That's the reason to go to BlizzCon. Go watch fucking StarCraft. It's awesome. Oh my god, it'll be like my first BlizzCon. Aww. No. Sitting on the floor watching StarCraft. They have chairs now. Yeah. It's very fancy. We, we did manage to squeeze that in. Yeah. Those are some high-quality chairs. The best chairs anyone will ask. Just go to see the the amazing screen that they do with like the five thousand oh, projectors that make the dynamic whole screen dynamic morph and change. Holy shit! It's so sick. I've oh, never seen anything like that anywhere else. Nope. It ha- well, it hasn't been done anywhere else. It's amazing. I'm, I can't wait to see what they've done with it this year to hopefully like make it even more awesome. Plus, I'm casting it, and so is Nathan. So yeah, it's gonna be know, a lot of fun. Why the fuck would you not come? I mean, we might actually I mean, be offended unless, unless if you don't. You couldn't get there unless you weren't there. Unless you don't have a ticket. Yeah. To go. Well, I'm yeah. going to watch on stream, but you know. Uh, yeah, you should uh, you should watch it because then you can get the diva pack for your. I she Starcraft experience. Okay, I would if not. You need, a, you need her yelling at you. No, that I've listened to the samples of that pack. Oh, I'm like, I would not use that for any length of time. That's annoying as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but she's your waifu, bro. That gets you into that StarCraft. Where's where's my where's my Junkrat voice pack? Oh my god, I would use that. That'd my- be the that's that's what we need. World of Warcraft May voice mod. Get on that curse. Make it happen. I need something where she's just like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Every time you die. <laughs> no. Make it happen. Dear God, no. When you get loot, it goes, amazing. I just want I <laughs> I'll make, it, I'll make it. If I knew how to make mods, that shit would exist already. Ugh. Yo, real quick. Uh, so I got the uh, PSVR. I actually went out ah. and bought it because mm. I was I was like, fuck it. All right, I'm yeah. in. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, everything about it is awesome. Visually, it's. I thought it was gonna like be the lesser of the VR things that are out right now. It's super cool. The games are just shit. Like the games that are with it are really boring, but visually, it's super impressive. Um, I I I don't particularly I I've, I can't particularly recommend buying it now because there's nothing like it is just sitting over there right now. What what games it's have you got for it? it? Um. Here's the best part. They give you a demo. When you buy it, they give you a demo disc with yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So you, so you not only get the one thing that's like the shark and the, the you also get the demo disc that has all these other games. Um, the one game that I haven't played yet, but I want to play very badly is like Battle Tank or like Tanks. Shit, I can't remember what the thing's called. Battle Zone. Yeah, you literally just in a tank. It's like a wireframe that, tank game, yeah. Yep. 
it, that thing actually looks really fun. And everyone who's played it says it's the best one. So I'll probably end up picking that up and I'll let you know what that's like. But right now I have um, just done all the demo stuff and I've done uh, the, the stuff that came with it. So all right, those well, are pretty boring. And then everything that, I mean, all the demo stuff, all that did was tell me that there's no way I want to play. I was like, I don't want to play these games. So, I mean, the main stuff, do, do, well, does the demo disc have like the Until Dawn game? Does it have rigs, the sort of battle mech game that they've got? I, hold on, I'll show you. What is on that demo disc? Okay. Highly professional podcast, board. right here. <laughs> we are sure very good at what sure we do. I get folks. all of them for you. Uh, yeah. So until Dawn's on here, uh, there is Headmaster, which I think is actually a kind of fun game, except it actually hurt because you're like heading uh, soccer balls. I'm sorry, footballs. And but it's um. So you're thrusting your head at the air. That's a surefire way to get a pain pain in your neck, isn't it? Here's, the, crazy, a headache. here's, the, here's the crazy thing, though. It is a very tri this game I might actually play because it's very trippy. Like, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the game where you just walk around and a guy talks to you. The narrator talks to you the entire Stanley time. Parable. Yeah, it's very much like that. It's super funny, slightly bizarre. But I'm sorry, like wait, just rewind for a second. The game about heading footballs is like yes! the Stanley Parable. Yes, yes, yes. How Can weird you explain that? how that is? is there an announcer? Maybe there's an announcer. Yes! Maybe in a stadium. Oh. Like, like it is. Go watch the trailer. It is like in a bizarre, weird. It's like what's a, the name of the game? Headmaster. It's a headmaster. headmaster. Okay. Sounds like a yeah. school game. It, it it certainly does. I believe that's the um, play on words. I'm intrigued. Battle, yeah. So so until dawn, rush of blood is the until dawn game. It's an on rail shooter. There's a yes. few jump scares, but it's not going to be a horror game or, or until dawn. Um, they also have uh Valkyries on there, Drive Club VR. Uh, Apparently, that is the game that makes a shit ton of people sick. I haven't played Drive Club VR, so I wouldn't know because I have no. I was like, I don't want to. Do any of the games make you motion sick? Um, no, because the the one game that made me kind of motion kind of motion sick was um uh shit. What is the name of that game? Like Tumble, I think it's called. Where it's it's just you're like. It's not a real VR. You're like moving shit in front of you. And for some reason that got to me, not the sitting down and like moving and doing stuff. It was the exact opposite of what you figured would happen. It was very weird. But uh, I don't know. I don't particularly get like ill in VR. Like it's never, I even played the uh, Resident Evil one. And they were like, you're going to get sick. And people have gotten sick playing this. So if you get sick, let us know. I was fine. I wasn't like sick because the game I was like, Oh, this game's gross. <laughs> like, so I don't necessarily get sick. Playing You're not one of those people. There's, no. there's been more complaints about PSVR making people motion sick than there have been about the Vive and the Oculus. It, a lot of it seems to be directed at Drive Club, which is fucking weird because driving games are generally the ones that don't cause that because they have a yeah. cockpit and a, essentially you have a frame of reference on the screen. I mean, I guess if you got travel mm -hmm. sick in a regular car, you probably would. But right. there's been tons of people that have complained about that. I think it was isn't one of like didn't one of the Sony higher ups even say that he got sick, like doing that, which is an amazing admission. Um, it's I mean, VR. I would say if you are if you want to get in VR, this is your entry. But wait, there's no reason to get it now. Um, 
wait a little bit, then get it. I would say like if you if you want to jump on this, wait a wait a few months because it's cool. The tech is cool, and it's the out of all the things that I played with so far, it it was the easiest to use. I would say like it felt like the easiest uh, level of entry to use. You think so? Yeah, that's probably yeah. it's going to be its strength. It's a more mm-hmm. it's more accessible than the Vive and the Oculus. And it doesn't I've, require as powerful system. Yeah, I've heard it's a lot easier to adjust, like even just uh, like the distance between the eyes and everything on the headset is a lot more. It's supposed to be very it's comfortable. Just it's literally just a button right under it that you can just pull out and pull in, oh. and then the, the headband, uh, you can put it on and then you can move it back and forth, and that's literally, and then it just adjusts to you, and then you press it back and push it forward. That or sounds you, awesome. Hmm. it's super easy to use yeah interesting tech but i mean it's the same thing would say about all the other headsets as well great tech probably doesn't have a a, you know a set of really big reasons to buy it now yeah not quite there yet will probably be the first headset to really get there simply because if sony puts a lot of money behind developing first party exclusives for it that are actually good then they have a reason to, you know, shift more of these headsets. So that's probably going to be like the first headset that does have the the big games on it, yeah. at least outside of the ones that are just already ported from existing stuff. Hopefully, it pushes the development for other platforms as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, wide widespread VR adoption is good for the whole section of the industry. Doesn't yep. matter which headset it is. Not to mention, it means that the problems are going to get ironed out quicker because there's more people working on them. Now, we will probably figure out better movement systems that aren't just teleport and things like that. Um, really quick before we go on to releases, can I also say that I finally played Shenzhen IO? Oh, you finally yeah. did play the... Well, that's the game about making electronic circuits, isn't it? Oh, yeah. shit! It's so fun very difficult pretty much everybody who follows me that is like a programming engineer of some sort was in my chat being like holy fuck this is like my undergrad homework (laughs) um it it basically teaches you an assembly which i guess not really anybody uses very much anymore um but it's really really cool it comes with a 40 page pdf manual you have to have open because otherwise you're gonna be fucking lost um and then it takes you through like the first project that you have is working on a traffic light and you have to make it so that um one light is like alternating off and on at certain times and the other light is intermittent because they mean different things and um you sort of work off of what the idea is that this company's hiring you and there's there was an engineer who quit and so this very first project is like here's a half finished thing and that kind of helps you understand oh okay this is kind of what you're looking for and you learn more and more different um like commands to put in there and what they mean and it was really cool because i had i had so many people because i was streaming the whole thing i had so many people in there that would just be like look all like all of this sort of thing is just trial and error so if it doesn't work just like try something and just see what happens because that's the way that it actually works in real life, right? Like you have to just kind of figure out what the computer wants and how it how it is going to process the information and what order things have to go in. Um, and they gradually got more and more and more ridiculous. The one that I'm on right now, I spent 
hours, like <laughs> hours on. <laughs> Eventually I had to just abandon it because I couldn't stream anymore. Um, Reminds me a little like, bit of Space Chem. That's giving me a Space Chem vibe, which terrifies me. So I don't want to go anywhere near it. Same company. Oh, really? It's the same dev. Okay, I'm definitely not going anywhere near it, though. That <laughs> that developer makes me feel like an idiot. And <laughs> it's like, you are way smart, dude. Your design is amazing. My brain was not built to handle it. You're on another level. That is a uh, Space Chem's brain melt. I definitely don't want to go anywhere near that now. Holy fuck. You've intimidated me away. Um, people were saying that Space Chem is easier, apparently. Bloody hell! Really? So, yeah, I guess. Jesus! Um, I mean, that's like yeah, saying, it's... like, nuclear physics is easier than quantum physics, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. actually know if nuclear physics is easier than quantum physics. I don't know that. Fair enough. Think, Someone in the chat on that tell me. I think, I think they're brothers. You, th you think they're think all on the same kind of level? Yeah, they, they handshake. They're, like, right next to each other. I would, I would think. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, um, the game wound up being very fun if you're the sort of person that that likes to just figure out how shit works. Um, and but I I will absolutely admit that I think part of my enjoyment came from having having people just sort of like cheering me on that understood it, you know, that, that, that totally satisfying. understood what it needed and were able to be like maybe try this or look at this page, see if you can find similarities on this page of the manual and stuff like that. It, it really helped me sort of zone in on what I needed to do. Man, so. that, that's the nicest form of backseat gaming I've ever seen. Like not <laughs> getting mad with you or not just telling you the answer, just giving you well, hints were, to get you there. That's quite there nice. There's plenty of that. But I would, I, would, I would very gently try to explain, you telling me the answer isn't going to help me understand why that's the answer. Exactly. Show you're working. Place. You bastards. You've done school work. Everyone's done school work. You know you need to show you're working. Show your work. <laughs> Do it. Well, so I'm not going anywhere near that, but I'm glad you liked it. I've never yes. delved towards that deep in the ocean. Oh, yeah. it's You'll drown in it, no doubt. If you're not eaten by giant sharks before you drown. The intellectual no equivalent of the Zero abyss. Comment. Yep. Screw that. <laughs> I'm... If, if if I was smart, I wouldn't be doing this as a job. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to releases? Sounds like a good mm. way to go. Absolutely. Let okay. So it. today, October eighteenth, we have Soulless Ray of Hope. I would, Soul I would just like to specify it. it's not Soulless Ray of Hope. It is Soulless colon Ray of Hope. Soulless Ray of colon. Hope. Soulless. Ray of Hope. Which, right. Experience a deeply moving personal story of hope. It's a 2D... Yeah, I assumed it would be a 2D indie puzzle platformer. Looks like it's using the uh, the whole silhouette style of doing things. I do quite like that. Looks quite nice. It's going to have to do quite a lot, I think, to distinguish itself from the million and one other games in that genre, but it's a, ni it's a nice looker, no doubt. Cool. The next one is called Galaxy of Tryan. T-R-I-A-N. Ah, so I do know something about this because I actually backed on Kickstarter the physical board game of it, which is what came out first. And it I, I don't know really why I backed it. I mean, I, I was just on a, uh, a binge of backing board games, I think, that day, and I backed like four in a row. It's a, it's a tile placement game uh, where you place triangular tiles uh, to try and encircle um other players and try and gain points by taking territory basically 
uh, but it's space themed. Trial, yeah, it's all triangles. So that that's what that is. It actually turned out to be not my thing at all, but it's a cool design. I like visually. I really like it. And I think the the digital version is probably going to be a little bit less of a pain in the ass than the than the real one. Uh, although you do lose that satisfying physicality of putting a tile down on a table, slapping it right. down there and saying, yeah, go for it. It does have a campaign as well, which is pretty neat. Uh, the next one is called Crazy Machines 3. It's it's another one of those games where it's like, oh, here's a bunch of pieces and you can create a crazy machine. Oh, damn machines are so crazy. That's the Crazy Machines, the original Crazy Machines, really old, if I recall correctly. Oh, I'm thinking of something else entirely. They're so crazy. So it's a, it's a puzzle game where it's physics-based and sort of like, uh, what's the name of that damn machine uh, that a ball goes down and goes to a bunch of Rue Gold... Gold Rue Goldberg machine. Rue Goldberg, yeah. I was going to say, it's not, not the Goldberg machine. No, is that's that's a wrestler. That's not that thing at all. But yeah, <laughs> it, 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 sort of, it seems a little bit like that. It... I don't admit, it does look pretty fucking fun, actually, looking at it. Those look pretty cool. Yeah. All right. What we got? Next one is On the Front Line. Um, it's what? a tank simulator game. Oh, okay. Is it a good one is the question? I don't know. Hmm. It's it's tricky. It's, uh, it actually has a... The title is in Russian, so I'm going to assume it's a, it's a Russian developer. Uh, you know, the genre of things like tank sims is is quite popular. Although I wonder how realistic it is. Some of those tank sims are very, very difficult to do. Like there's so many different controls and things you have to worry about. Although what they're showing there is uh, fairly basic, I have to say. Got sequential execution of combat missions. Wait, so, so you play a level and then another level. Wow. In <laughs> what order. What a feature. It doesn't randomly throw you through levels. You have to play them one at a time. You can't play two at once. Great. That's a feature and a half, isn't it? All right, next. Next one's called The Whisperer in Darkness, which is a Lovecraft story. So it's a visual novel based off of that. Okay. Um, I like that the next one's a kind of nice little pun there. Carpe Dealum. It's a life simulator and card game hybrid, apparently, with elements from visual novels to choose your invention, which actually sounds like kind of right up my alley. It is, <laughs> however, in early access and... Currently, the reviews are mostly negative, although there are only three of them. Hmm. I, yeah, this this seems like the kind of thing that I would play. So, yeah, you're sort of playing against the dealer who is death, apparently. So you're, you're trying to stay alive through playing cards or something, which sounds like might be kind of fun. What do we got? This next one is called Piratado. Pirate. It is a VR sci-fi war action shooter. Where That's I what think... I would have assumed it was, based on the name. <laughs> I think you play in, in space and you fight other ships in VR? I can't even spell this thing. It is thing. in VR. It's for the Vive and Rift. Yeah. How bizarre. It, also look, it looks 15 very... years old. Yeah. How does this work in VR? Does it just like, be everywhere? I don't even... It looks pretty ancient, and also when you film your trailer and it looks like you've actually done screen region capture on a window and you can literally see the border of the window, <laughs> that is not something that inspires a lot of confidence in your product, FYI. Please learn how to film your game first. <laughs> Next game is called Abrams Tank. I'm going to guess Six this is about... A successor to Hover Tank 3D by ID Software. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, good lord. 
-hmm. Yeah, this is a super old school kind of FPS. Rescue helpless civilians or not. Brand new graphics and silly sound effects. Yeah, this, I'm not sure there's much of a market for this, but hey, it's kind of neat, I suppose. Hey. Yeah, first line, you're the guy they contact when things go really effed up. So there you I, go. I guess you're so. Badass. You're the one. You are the guy that gets things done. Yeah, to quote. you're the guy yeah. showing up. You're the goddamn guy. suit of armor going up that hill. <laughs> oh, no. Someone's got to do it. And then depressingly telling your... Uh, daughter about it you know what i would have done if that was my daughter i would just be like yeah it was fucking awesome you kidding me like I, it was amazing i don't know why they didn't give everyone else in the squad this suit of armor it was incredible They're like <laughs> yeah it i was, was a war. fucking badass for one <laughs> it was made out of dog tags and everyone had to like <laughs> the dog down. tags of my fallen brethren no that would they provide been... armor for both my Holy body shit. and soul that's pretty fucked up that would have been a yeah. fucked up. That would have been a dark game. I would have been like, and my it only shot mustard gas. Like that would have been <laughs> dark as shit. Jesus Christ! Holy shit! Now that's a fucking game. That's wow. only emotionally. The only way to repair your armor is to go to your fallen comrades. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Bad. Imagine it with that, the dog tags of your fallen brethren. Holy shit! Wow. That's really bad. Jesus. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's move swiftly on. Yeah. Next game is called <laughs> Final Quest 2. It's an RPG made with RPG Maker. Final Quest 2. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's good. To, it's, you know, it's one of those names. Sure. You know? <laughs> what kind of idiotic company would ever use the term <laughs> final on something that had sequels? I next. don't know. You, but the next one is. Would you like me to give you the actual story? Because I know the story. No, not at all. <laughs> next. I know the story. I was not in any way asking for that. Next. Jackbox Party Pack 3. Yay! The there we go. There's something that's uh, worth having a gander at. Uh, it's got new Quiplash, Quiplash 2, a surprising survey, survey game called Gespionage, uh, a trickster game called Faking It, and a t shirt slugfest called TKO. I think oh. you might have to design t-shirts and sell them. And there's a murder party as well. A trivia murder party thing. So it looks like there's some really interesting original stuff in this rather than mm. just remakes of the stuff they've already made. So I'm all in on this one. I love me Jackbox. They're always great. Yeah, me too. <gasps> Let me try to get Sam's family to play that with me. You should. It works, trust me. I got my dad to play it. My dad despises video games, so do it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the next one is called Melavision The Origin. It's apparently a survival horror game. Um, one of these screenshots is horrifying, but <laughs> overall they don't really give you an idea of what the game looks like. I haven't watched any of the videos. It's an Unreal 4, so has quite some quite nice lighting. I'm trying to figure out exactly what the game involves, because right now it's just a series of black and white photos and some minor narration. Uh, also... Unpolitical, it also appears to be in Spanish, I think, for some reason. Sombra. Hashtag Sombra. Hashtag Sombra. Oh, we have some gameplay. It's walking around with a torch while somebody talks, and it's creepy. Ooh. There's a big red moon. Yep, something like that. You've got to hack your way through it. No, stop You've it. You've got to hack stop the moon. It. <laughs> Next. Next one is called In the Shadow of the Truth. It's a... Uh... First person psychological horror game where you're Another in a house, one. it looks like. I mean, it is the season, TV. 
Uh, it it is it is very much so. They managed to film their trailer and only take up half the screen with it. That this game looks, literally looks identical to the one that we just looked at. It's like you run around with a torch. All right, sure. The next one is that Omega Reaction game again that we've seen the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. The one after that is Demonic Guest VR. Let me guess. No. Is this by any chance a first-person horror VR game? It looks uh, it. it is exactly what this trailer the font choice oh dear yeah that's the one thing i'm going to criticize the font choice the trailer is very 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 slowly panning through static rooms i am truly inspired by that i think that those are actually screenshots in video form yes, they didn't they bother to film the game wonderful next uh the next one is uh switch and shoot which uh I guess the idea of it is that it, it looks kind of like a, a forward scrolling bullet hmm. hell game. But when you, there's one button and when you hit the button to shoot something, you also switch directions. Switch directions. Yeah. So it takes you either left or right and it keeps going out until you do it, which is a neat little idea for a mobile game. I'm going to assume it probably did come out on mobile. That'll be kind of yeah, fun for a little while, I guess. Hmm. Uh, the game after that is called Florenzia. It's a free to play MMORPG. With 3D anime-style graphics. Oh, that's uh, by a company called Games in Flames. Where did this it's MMO come from? I mean, you presume at this stage that if an MMO pops up, it's probably a translation of something that was Korean in the first mm. place, because that seems to be literally the only place that's still making MMOs. Uh, it looks a little elderly, so I imagine it is probably a uh, translation of something uh, developed by AHA Entertainment. I've never heard of them. Well, that's an MMO, certainly. Next. Uh, I think we lost the Dodger. Did we lose the Dodger? We lost the Dodger. She's just contemplating. No, it's fine. It's fine. She's <gasps> or it's like Westworld! Oh! Oh! Haven't, you know, haven't the next... started it yet. All right, I'll take over. It's fine. The next oh. game actually looks pretty fucking cool. It's called Lance <laughs> A Lot. It is a jousting game, but you're on a fucking rocket... And it's four player, uh, like this looks like I a. I played this. We played yeah. this uh, on multiplayer mayhem. It is super fun. Yep, we we lost it. We lost our Dodger. I'm sorry, she has disappeared. The apparently the English internet was not good enough. I thought she just got sick of the show. This this does look like a lot of fun. Yeah, is it local corp only? Yeah, it's uh, local. Yeah, it's local multiplayer only, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It does look pretty cool for couch though. No it doubt about look, that. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, it's super fun. According to this, the next game is called Accounting, and it is... The modern field of accounting is a serious and honorable profession, apparently. Many humans have spent their lives telling... Wait a minute, isn't this the... This is... Isn't this this VR game that the Rick and Morty guys were involved in? I think so. I think this is it. I heard something like that. Uh, Studio Crows, Crows, Crows. Um... Yeah, I think it may have been, but one way or the other, I have heard good things about this and that it is actually genuinely funny, and it's, Ooh, it does yeah, have some good reviews like as well. So, yeah, yeah that, that looks interesting. That looks like a, that looks like it might be an amusing game to play. Yeah, that's a really well made trailer as well. Actually, yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, the next one was Demolition Build Company 2017. You become the boss of a demolition company, destroy small wooden huts and huge concrete buildings, manage your workers, invest cash. In your own land properties and knock stuff over. This is sort of another one of those simulator games with a little bit of management to it. It looks like it could be actually be a little bit of fun. 
certainly. I don't like the build part. Demolish company, I'd be down to play that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Just just blow shit up. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the way to go, clearly. Alright, moving on to October the 19th, and of course, you know, Battlefield uh, 1, I almost said Battlefield 4 there, because it's almost the same game, uh, did come out today if you are one of the early enlisters. So, if, otherwise, you'll have to wait till Friday to play that one. But that is out today. Dawn of Warriors, it is, I mean, it it lo- It almost looked like a uh, RPG Maker game, but it's like a t- sort of top-down shooter thing. Uh, where you have yeah. a bunch of different spells, you know, a little bit kind of bullet hell. It actually doesn't look too shabby, surprisingly enough. Procedurally hmm. generated thing. Uh, the next one is the Golf Club VR. I don't think we need to look at that. I think it's pretty obvious what that is. Uh, the next one is Bad Caterpillar. Bad Caterpillar? Uh, well, that first image, though. That looks like a really bad caterpillar. Uh, this is straightforward. This is fucking centipede. Like from thirty years ago, is what but this is. He's bad and a caterpillar. <laughs> he's. I mean, how many villain caterpillars have you ever seen in video games? Those right? are certainly things that I would. I would definitely ask for. Wild Romance is another uh, booby anime uh, visual on. novel. Well, you don't need to go on. They're all the same. You know what these are by now. I don't. I get you... so excited that I never see them again. <laughs> I'm like that looks good, and then I never follow up. Maybe I will this time. True Fear. Forsaken Souls Part 1 is a part of an episodic horror game of some description by the looks of it. <laughs> that is, that's one hell of a face. Oh, wow, that's a skull made of chairs. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Do watch out for, of course, episodic games. We did recently have one, uh, Blues and Bullets, where the company shut down before they finished it. So uh... Uh, episodic games for indies can be a little bit risky. Let's bear that in mind. Uh, the next one, a quiver of crows. A two, that's uh, twin stick shoot 'em up where you are a fucking crow with lasers for some reason. Damn. Art, art style's really similar to sh- uh, that. What's that? What was that planet one? Um, damn it. It was a. It was a sort of shoot 'em up. Uh, something planet. Mm. I can't remember. God damn it. Whatever it is, art style looks pretty similar to that. Actually, it does look pretty cool. Hello, yeah, Dodger. Right. Welcome back. The English internet Hi. gave up on you, I see. It did. <laughs> Real hard. Unfortunate. All right. Well, we are on October the 19th. We just did a quiver of crows. Okay. Let me hold. Hold. Oh, man. You guys are blasting through it. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, the, next, the next game is called Vision Runner. That it is. It is a first-person parkour game with a map editor. Hmm. Sure cool it is that yep um the next one is called russian superhero dead ivan doesn't this keep showing up every bloody weekend oh am i thinking of something completely different games that all sound jesus christ look at the screenshots for this thing what is is this what is this oh my god uh right um sure no yeah (laughs) next uh, the next one's called Ships 2017. Uh, it's a ship simulator, I guess. That's what Holy it looks like to me. Shit. Indeed it does. Alright. Holy ship. Next one. Yep. The next one, October 20th. Rogues or Heroes? A dungeon crawler where the difficulty depends on your choices. Isn't that every game ever? I don't know. Mm. Uh, if you choose not to use armor, maybe it gets more difficult. 
If you choose to be a rogue, maybe it's even more difficult. Mm, it's possible. Mm. Or a hero. I choose to be the guy in the suit of armor with the 200-round heavy machine gun that could take bombs to the head. That's, <laughs> that's what everyone does. That's of course they do. You heard his legend. <clears throat> his oh, my legend. God. TV, were you the small child in that room? Absolutely. I'm going to go uh, look that up, up that particular <laughs> battle on Wikipedia. Next. Next one is called Rogue Singularity. You get to customize a little robot, but it this says giant... it's an infinite obstacles course. Yeah, it's a well, basically, that oh. just means like it's a third person platformer thing. Uh, there's a giant robotic rhino in it that fucking murders you. Robotic so... shark, I'm out. Yeah. You can't kill those motherfuckers. I'm 3D out. precision <laughs> platformer, basically, is what that is with uh, a degree of procedural generation to it, probably. Next one. Um, the next one is called Arizona Rose and the Pirate's Riddles. Uh, 200 levels of Picross with a pirate thing. Yeah. Nice. That's what that, that game awesome. is. Great. I mean, that's uh, probably a pretty significant market for that. Next. Yeah. The next one's called Unruly Ghouls. Uh, have you ever known ghouls to be particularly... I don't know, polite or well-organized. It does look like Casper. It looks like Casper. Yeah, there you go. It's a... It's another VR defense game, but this one's with ghosts. Woo! At least they're not zombies. Probably not. Next. Next is called Runyana, City of Alteos. It's a Mm. hack and slash adventure RPG. Which, weirdly enough, says it's not suitable for all audiences. Which is yeah. weird for a hack and slash RP. This does. <gasps> oh, this does not. This looks odd. Most of the trailer appears to be her in a lift. <laughs> uh, if you're gonna advertise a hack and slash RPG, maybe start by showing the hacking and the slashing bit. There's none of that. It's all her moving. F- hit something. There we go. It later in the video. Finally. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not what you lead with when you're trying to market a hack and slash. This does not look massively great. Holy shit, Jesse, are you ready for a new Rusty Lake game? Oh no, here Shut we go. Shut the fuck up, is it? Rusty Lake Roots. Roots, yeah. oh fuck! What? Yeah. Definitely uh, have to play that. Lagging this one to be played. <laughs> the oh Rusty Lake God. games are all point and click puzzle adventure games. Crazy, crazy uh, bullshit. Fuck they're really. very weird. Wasn't that the one where you got really mad about the ending on the last one? Yeah, yeah but the reason why we got mad is because I think that was the first one I'd ever played, and that's probably the first one you ever played too. And uh, it's like, play another game to find out what this means. And we were like, what? <laughs> Apparently, that's yeah, a thing. Yeah, they just make like a bunch of them, and they're all interconnected in different ways. So we were like, what the fuck? Excited. Um, excited. Yeah, me too. The next game is called Astral Heroes. It is CCG. a free-to-play CCG. Yeah, apparently they made a game like 12 years ago called Astral Masters, and this is sort of an updated version of that. It's going to be, that's a tough market to break into, especially when you don't look massively impressive visually, so that that might be a problem mm-hmm. for them. Uh, a game after that is called Curse Castilla, or Castilla. Cast- Arcade action platformer. It looks very old, but I can't tell if it's on purpose or because it is. You mean supposedly it is well, it's an extended version of the renowned classic arcade Medilta Castilla. I certainly do not Uh, remember that being renowned at all. (laughs) This looks a shitload like ghouls and ghosts. Yeah, it's probably originally Spanish language, I would assume. Yeah, it just looks like a clone of 
ghouls and ghosts like even the main character looks the same and he throws the lances the same way as yeah hmm. okay yeah. Uh, they claim it's a homage to ghosts and goblins or ghouls and ah. ghosts uh, a homage or it is the same yes <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited for this next game it's called your vr it's a vr um like build a town game Yes, the building concept. a little medieval village in VR. VR open world sandbox thing. The video hmm. for it doesn't play for some reason, so I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yep, that doesn't work. It's a bunch of screenshots. I have no idea how it plays, but there you go. But apparently it's also in VR and early access. That sounds horrendously ambitious. I wonder if that'll ever get finished. Yep. Oh god, the next game. Uh the next game's called Negligee. Negligee. I wasn't sure ah, if that's how. Now this is the game for me. It, you're the manager of a lingerie shop in a <laughs> in a virtual in a visual novel, and there's anime girls because, of course, there yeah. are. Perfect. Good. Um, now this is flag. God. The sake. other ones require having to care about people. This one's just sell my shit, ladies. They have a deluxe edition just for you, Jesse. Of course they do. Oh my god. I get next. The manager, I For the love of God, next, before we get kicked the fuck off Twitch. Next is Starfighter or Duck Sim. What? It's a That's... cockpit space fighting game. Yep, that it is. And it uh, sure looks elderly, I have to say. Yep, that was like, hey, that, and that ship looks very much like a ship from the Clone Wars. Good lord. Yeah, it's a sort of like a you know, space fighter game. This next one also looks very old. I can't tell if games are actually old anymore. It's well, I mean, Rum often they don't Dead put the original Diary. release date on there, do they? So that's a bit of a problem. Uh, Red Rum yeah. Dead Diary. It is some sort of weird fucking... What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Look at uh, these fucking screenshots. Some yes. of it looks hidden object. Some of it looks like... I don't know. Puzzle? I think it is hidden I, object. Th this is fucking bizarre. It, it, apparently, it's a, it's a, a mini games, horror mini games, from what I can tell. Mm. Yeah, some of these are really yeah. fucked up. Wow. Okay. Uh, the next one is called Robot Squad Simulator 2017. I'm sorry. How how do you simulate a robot squad? Is it remote controlled robots for bombs? It uh, looks like you are remote controlling robots. Yeah. Yeah. So drones and bomb defusal nice. stuff. Okay. I can see the appeal of that. Cool. So, October 21st, we have Green Ranch. Uh, what? Oh. 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 Time management <laughs> game in the farming genre is what it is. Time so, management. which I assume means clicker for the most part. Yeah. Yes, this looks certainly like a mobile game. Next. Next one's called Killing Room. Not to be confused um, with Killing an, Floor. It's an FPS that looks kind of fun. <laughs> that that character is a bit odd in it. With strong RPG elements. Oh, God. It's 22nd century reality show parody. So a kind of weird Running Man-esque thing. I would love to yeah, know what the know. RPG elements are. It, Interesting. I mean, it looks... Uh, the gunplay it looks is? fucking horrible, but... It's for streamers, apparently. Like every player has say, an option. It's like a stream integration of some sort. It's got audience vote for reward or punishment, basically. Wow. I hate that mechanic because they always pick punishment every time, without a question. Yeah, it's true. 
Right, uh, the next one is Civ Six. Yep, Civ Talk Six. Oh, no, so yep, I'm <laughs> going to be weighing on that one, no doubt. The glorious Japan will continue. <laughs> the nuclear uh, weapons will be built. The next one is Secrets of Magic, the Book of Spells. <laughs> the one would assume that is where you found the Secrets of Magic, yes? Yeah. You would think. Although they can't be very secretive if they're that easily found. What is this? It looks like a slot machine game. What is this? Uh, a puzzle or some kind? It's a match three. Oh, all right. One of the screenshots was like, is this a fucking slot machine? What? Yeah, some okay. weird ass match three thing. Next. Next one's called Grav Lab. Gravitational testing facility and observations. It's a VR like gravity game. That sounds like the sort of game that would make a person sick. Yes, yeah. I imagine it would. Yeah. They're showing sort of images of what you do in it. Yeah, sort of a kind of puzzle kind of thing. Um, the next one is called War 7, all one word. Man, you know, I love this series, but War 4 really kind of lost the plot around there. You know, I'm, of course, completely kidding. It's, this is War a terrible name for a video game. Play. When you're when... in a war, you should never give up. Sure. It's apparently it's this. It claims it's an extreme action adventure. I then saw the game in motion, and I beg to differ on all points. No, uh, it just looks like some crappy top-down shooter twin stick, really. It is something. <laughs> it is a video game of some sort. Next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's gone again. She's disappeared. Internet's gone down. All right. Uh, Fine China is a VR, you break it, you buy it simulator. You pick up something and you break things in a room. Right. Basically, that's that's it. Uh, people wonder why VR is maybe not succeeding right now. This is probably why. Violet Haunted is an RPG maker game. 12 Allbots is the next one. Allbots, 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 what we got here. I can't even find it on Steam. So Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Great. The next one is on Earthing Colossal. Play the role of an epic titan of death named Reaper. I'm on board Go so on. far. Yeah, Your nemesis, the bringer of life, has broken from tradition and the cycles of life and created a sentient race known as the humans. It's up to you to cleanse the human race. How you actually do this, uh, apparently you very, very slowly move along as a giant death robot. It's got a very sword and sorcery aesthetic to it. Uh, although what you actually do in the game is completely uh, a mystery to me in terms you of menacingly walk to the right. Yeah, apparently yeah, I don't. You destroy objects and solve puzzles with the use of two D physics, which is not what I was really hoping for with something <laughs> where you play as a colossal death you, robot. You are you are supposed to purge Earth of human life. That's uh through puzzles. Yeah, through puzzles. Hmm. Right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. All right. Hello, welcome back. Uh, we're now on to October 22nd, Crown Champion. Oh my, okay. Crown Champion, Legends of the Arena is the next game then. Fantasy RPG management sim set in a ruthless world of gladiatorial combat. Sounds like it could be great until I looked at how it looks. Uh, perhaps not. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> looks like it's been made an RPG maker, honestly. All right, next. The next one is called Awkward Dimensions Redux. It's um, free. It's free. It's an 
indie first person adventure where you go through different dimensions it looks like maybe what is this i don't know like the art it's kind of trippy looking yes very much so yeah some sort of first person puzzle walking thing by the looks of it Hmm. and it's free so hey sure And then that on the front line game again. Here twice for Grace, cool. Uh, October twenty fourth, we have Redirection. Redirection. Uh, unknown forces have scattered the robot crew of the starship Redirection across a perilous asteroid belt. It's a three D puzzle game. Plays the ship's computer and solve challenging puzzles to get them back home. Basically, yeah, tile based puzzle. Uh, next game is called Push for Emore. Push E-M-O-R. for Emore. Open world sci-fi FPS RPG with light RTS building elements thrown in for good measure. That yeah. is my favorite character. Good design. measure. That what? smile he has is like. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're going. We're going to assume that that one probably won't be that good because it's trying to be literally everything, yeah. as most of these early access games are. And last, but by well, possibly least, we'll see. Um, Chalo Chalo is the next game. Slow racing for three to eight players. It's described as really slow racing for three to eight players. A really slow racing game. That is... What? what? It is exactly what uh, it says on the tin. These are very slow racing. What the... Apparently it's some sort of party is, game. What is this game? Uh, very oh, so slow it's racing. Like racing about strategy because it's going so slow... You can plan different paths and change. Like I get it. I think that's kind of cool. That's I don't neat. Know about the long, like how much you'd want to play it, but I, I get it. It's a neat idea. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a interesting couch game. Certainly. Yeah. All right, and that's it. So not too many massively hot games coming out this week. I have to say, uh, so it'll be Battlefield and Civ is Civ. I think what most people are going to be spending a lot of their time on. Although that Lancelot game does look pretty cute, I have to admit. It's a real shame it doesn't have uh, online multiplayer. Not really. (laughs) You're not a fan of it? Oh, no. I would get super salty. Ah, right. That's fair. Of course, now that I know how to play, I know I could actually win a few as you guys are learning, and then I'd be fine. So never mind love to play that brings us to the end of the show folks thank you very much for watching before we go i'd love to know what's coming up over the next couple of weeks and thanius you do do a little bit on youtube and also you stream what are you planning on doing for the next week or so uh i'm going to finally do the gears campaign this week probably keep playing h1z1 and doing all sorts of starcraft stuff as i am wont to do and then i'll be going to blizzcon and just playing more games finishing oh. fallout 4 as well i finally got into that a couple weeks ago fantastic thank you very much for coming on the show very much appreciate it go check out his youtube channel and on twitch you are nathanius uh, t just nathanius just, just nathanius, nathanius you twitch. might as well get the name on twitch didn't get yeah, it on yeah. twitter i i do i do have nathanius on youtube as well as my vanity url so both work yeah, yeah. very cool <laughs> jesse what's coming up on the channel this week what's going on yo uh I'm, I'm gonna play for a bunch of this stuff this weekend i'm gonna just go ham on this vr and try to play games and show you guys what there is to see so i'm excited i'm excited to actually jump headfirst into vr stuff so Boop. awesome dodgy you're in england right now i am in england i'm in england until sunday so normal streams will resume on monday um i do have videos going up got backstage pass going up while i'm gone 
And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, I have some merch available for this month. My death bonus merch. I would love it if you would check that the out. The only t-shirt of yours that I've ever bought. <gasps> yes. Because <laughs> the rest of them suck. That one, though. <laughs> that That's right up my alley. That's a great design. I like it. Yeah. Go check that a, out. It's a cool, like, death metal band design. That's it awesome. is very I... likely we're going to steal that idea. I'm just making you aware of that. <laughs> but we okay. will respectfully wait until yours goes off sale first. Thank then you. we'll steal it. <laughs> there you go. Um, the artist is a dude named Mike Lawrence who's super fucking awesome. So, very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love it if you guys would check that out. If you need a new hoodie or a cool t-shirt. And I'll see y'all on MangaPod later. <laughs> How the fuck are you going to manage that? You've been half asleep for, understandably... For some of this show, how the fuck are you gonna pull that one off? I know it's gonna be three thirty in the morning here. Fucking hell! <laughs> you know you could just not. Yeah. Well, if the internet is still like clicking in and out, get out, get out. That's Great a phenomenal out. excuse oh, no. to get out of the oh, show. Oh no, the internet's not working. Oh. <laughs> but we read, we read Mob Psycho One Hundred, and it's so good, and I want to talk about it. I know nothing about that other than the fact that Little V Mills did an amazing cover of the Mob Psycho 100 theme. Yes. Go check that out on YouTube. Go and it's, I don't, I don't know anything about the anime, but maybe I want to now that I've heard that music because that's pretty cool. Do go check that out. Uh, as for me, uh, focus this week is Battlefield 1 and probably Civ 6. Um, I probably will do separate videos on multiplayer and single player for battlefield one i'm pretty much ready to do my single player video the thing is the campaign's so short i'm like 75 percent through it and i just did that this morning so i could probably do a video on that very easily uh i think you, you really know my opinions on that already but i have to show you the emotional impact of super armor man and his invincible armor made of the dog tags of his fallen soldiers just oh <laughs> that's whatever. the only thing i want i just want to see that part that part I, I'll show you that mission. That, that's just a prime example of how terrible that campaign is. Uh, and multiplayer video will be coming a little bit later. I just, I just want to get a bit better at it. Like, I, I don't hate it. I'm just, I feel like I need to improve a bit. So I'll, I'll do that. In terms of streaming, people seem to really enjoy the Civ 6 streams I did for some stupid reason, which is weird because nothing fucking happens for hours. But because I really like money, I think we'll probably do that again. Uh, once that comes out, I am getting a copy on Thursday, which will be a day before release, the full version. So we might do a bit more Civ 6 streaming. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think my save file is compatible. So Glorious Nippon will not be annihilating the Norwegians with nuclear weapons as much as they would like to. Unforgivable. Uh, it is unfortunate, but we could do that again and do it better and get nukes even faster than last time. Wow. Wow. That's that's my method of diplomacy. So yeah, I think I think there'll be quite a lot more of that. that. That seems like the way to go. And of course, myself and Nathanius will be casting BlizzCon, which is in a couple of weeks, so please do come and watch that. The stream is free. You don't need the virtual ticket for that. And of course, if you come to the arena, well, it'll be fucking awesome. So strongly recommend. Nathanius, thank you very much for being our guest today. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I always love watching this show. You guys are awesome. Aw. And now you've experienced the inner workings of the show, you realize that it's actually just nothing but a horrible disappointment. <laughs> the, the crushing disappointment will settle in later. Oh, it was good. It was good. It was good. <laughs> cool. Yeah.
Thanks a lot for watching, folks. Uh, we very much appreciate that. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.